have I got a story for you. A little thumper grew into a young lady that once wanted to blend in with the crowd, but is now looking to take center stage. All because she was brave enough to overcome her overactive mind by forcing it to focus on the colors of the wind. But first, a word from today's sponsor, coffee. Nothing can pull you out of your warm cocoon in the morning quite like the enticing scent of a morning brew. Somehow, a simple cup of joe makes our day seem manageable. Whether savoring freshly pressed ground beans from a distant country in your favorite mug on the back patio while becoming one with nature as the birds sing, or, like most Americans, desperately sipping an instant blend you just stirred up in a styrofoam cup under fluorescent lighting. Oh my God, Jesus, if this is you, stop it. Think of your health. <laughs> with bloodshot eyes, while your daily agenda menacingly stares back at you. There's something about a sip of coffee that brings on hope, possibilities, and maybe some jitters. But hey, sometimes it's that fourth cup that really pushes us to hit that deadline or to flip off the cab driver who just fucking cuts you off. Bitch, use a turn signal. Either way, whether it be the focal point for a midday rendezvous, after all, what better way to fill city street corners than with adorable little coffee shops or an alluring motivation to kickstart your day, coffee is here to hold our hand and, well, drag us on along the way. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way. I'm smart enough. You are precisely and doggone it. My cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know one of the oldest, original, most supportive subscribers we have ever had on this pod. If we ever go big time, she may be deserving of royalties. Kristen, thank you so much for giving up some of your time <laughs> and coming on. No problem. What an intro. Yeah, I feel like it's honestly the most hyped I've ever tried to go for someone, but it comes from a place of pure appreciation for all of your time and effort that you have reflectively given me and just thinking this shit through. So if people don't know, Kristen, actually, um, I took the photo, but you introduced me to this thing called applications <laughs> where you were able to manipulate it and filter it in a way that I adopted. Free applications at that too. Free applications. God love the internet. <laughs> Porn and applications. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So you've um, just been real helpful with letting me bounce um, ideas off of. You put me into, um, or I guess didn't put me into, but drop the pod into one of your exclusive Facebook groups, which helped to get a bunch of um awesome females who came on and uh, just added a ton of gender diversity. So I wasn't going to be like the guy that just had nothing but guys on. Um, so yeah, yeah that's 
Shout out to the Almost 30 podcast group. Shout out to Almost 30. All right, so that's enough um, niceties. That was one and a half minute, man. That might be all you got. Now it's just <laughs> going to be real. <laughs> I do apologize in advance if my dog uh, starts barking because the, the windows are open and he gets excited easily. So that may be a thing. I feel I feel like that's one of the natural things. I've um, Man, what was his name? Uh, I've, I've had dudes where like birds were chirping cause they're going for walks. Um, and actually the guy, the artist guy who was like tough as hell and he was all about football from Toronto. I haven't posted his yet. Paul, he, um, he, he has like the cutest little yapping dog in the background, so <laughs> it'll be fine. It's just more authentic, man. Good stuff. Yeah. And all right. Well, plus that's your, uh, main time company for uh quarantine. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's been my best friend. I think he's tired of me at this point. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like this quarantine has been the best thing to happen to dogs um, ever, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I left the house for like, what, a half an hour today and he was beside himself when I came back. It was like I was gone for a week. So Separation syndrome. What are you going to do like when um, you actually go back to work? Are you going to do the whole like record videos of yourself and then have them intermittently play throughout the day on the screen you know, think, are you going to call the house gonna, i'm just going to buy him an ipad and facetime him <laughs> <laughs> just go fall out have alexa like manipulate it so, right. <laughs> like if I'll he barks <laughs> get one of those treat things in there so i can throw treats at him it'll be the whole nine oh, so we'll figure it out yeah talk about a first world problem that's where i knew like where <laughs> corona wasn't going to be that big of a deal in america was the fact that like in the months prior, it was all about how to communicate with your dog while you're at work. Oh yeah, there's there's um, music channels and everything. Trust me, I've I've done it. <laughs> no, you haven't. My roommate has. <laughs> oh no, don't blame shit. Yeah. I mean, whatever. No, what what's the what's your <laughs> so what's your dog's name? Uh, Milo. Milo, and what is Milo's uh, music of choice? His it's um it's mainly like uh nature sounds with like a mellow tune in the background and actually there's one that's just like a kid telling telling them that they're a good boy <laughs> shut up dude i swear i swear it was the creepiest thing to come home to <laughs> but yeah that's a real thing so nature sounds with background music and every once in a while a young boy just says good boy yeah, no, pretty much with pictures and everything. You have to get a subscription. It's like a, it's a whole thing. Who got the subscription? My roommate got the subscription. <laughs> I and think she only got it for like a month, but that, yeah, that happened. Wow. <laughs> and I'm assuming there's like an option if it's like good girl, good boy, or? Um, I don't know. I think we just had it on loop. So that was just one of the many tracks on the, on the album. So, um. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I guess maybe I should give it a download. No, definitely not. You cannot, dude, you cannot support that <laughs> shit. Jesus Christ. Could you do that? Although, like, if you're jogging and you hear the word, wouldn't it be awesome if you heard the word, like, good boys, and you just fucking sprinted? Like, choo, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would be worried about some weird subliminal message coming in the middle of it or something. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that used to be one of the cooler things um, that was going around back in the day with records, like the whole play it backwards and like oh, yeah, brainwashing yeah. you type shit. And like people really feared that. Right. that. That actually could be happening. What if they were brainwashing the dog? What would they be uh, brainwashing the dog for? I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll, 
I would have to give it a listen backwards. Damn it. And I'll let you know. <laughs> Might be the speedo. I'm just trying to think, like, if you brainwashed household animals, the end goal would be for them to, like, grab jewelry and rob to like burn the house down i don't i really don't know i don't know right? how they would go about it yeah i can't i i normally try to think of like really good conspiracy theories and i don't know <laughs> if i can get in on that one i don't know if there's a purpose for brainwashing dogs i'm not sure they would get very far with it right and um why did milo need this kind of like um companionship like a, a nervous bladder just peeing everywhere no, he, he did actually my roommate's dog gets real nervous he's got that anxiety so it was more for him milo just got to reap the benefits of it and so. are you a believer of animal anxiety? Oh, yeah, definitely. Stop. Yeah. No, 100%. Absolutely. Because? Because I've met, met animals with crazy anxiety. I mean, my roommate's dog, he's the sweetest dog, and he's a real smart dog, but he'll literally shake when he goes outside. He's, he gets nervous as hell. What kind of dog? Um, her dog's a, we think it's a shepherd-corgi mix. Wait, Shepherd is in German Shepherd? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, he looks like a mini German Shepherd. He's like the cutest thing. How the hell could a German sh if you're any part German Shepherd, <laughs> how do you have anxiety about going outside? Uh, he's a rescue. I, we don't know. Uh, oh. he had, like, some weird like stuff happened to him when he was real little or gotcha. what? But yeah. All right. I don't know. Yeah, post traumatic syndrome. I'll, I'll give that up then. I'll concede <laughs> that. Like, dude, it amazes me. Like, I I've never understood the people that just fucking abuse animals. Like, I, I kind of understood the fighting aspect from, like, a gambling sports perspective. Not that it's right, but, like, I get it. Whatever, it's part of your culture. You're doing it. They're animals, right? Like, you just see them as animals. Like, we see cows, and we fucking spoil. You don't slaughter cows. I love slaughtering a cow. But just to be, like, a drunk dick that beats on a dog or abuse, neglects a dog, like, I never understood that. It takes a whole special kind of psychopath to do that i think right so. and dogs are so fucking loving and loyal to the people who get them like and so yeah all right you know you flip it only took 20 seconds and you completely flipped my <laughs> understanding i would wow so now maybe you know what could we would you be okay if when we post this we just attach to like gofundme to just help abused animals get a subscription to that channel since it was so effective yeah, sure. There it is. You'll have to tell me how to do that. Yeah, figure it out. Like it. <laughs> Jesus. So how you been passing time, man? What's been going on? Oh, man. Um, it's been like, I want to say 40% self-reflection and 20% working out. And then like, where am I at? I'm at 60%. <laughs> Yeah, but so we have, <laughs> dude, we have so many days. I hit someone, I, I hit someone with a, like, who fucking knew that a week really had eight days in it? Seriously. Like, no, like time doesn't, so your percentages, fuck it, man. Like you're, you're sleeping 40% less, although napping 80% more and right, consuming. Right. Yeah. So what the fuck ever. It's really strange to go about my day and like, um, like I, I'm, I can't work right now because I bartend. So my, both of the companies I work for are currently closed so i literally have the whole day to do uh whatever i feel like and it's strange to kind of sit there and be like okay now i'm hungry so now I'll eat. <laughs> okay now i uh i feel like doing something like with my brain so i'll, I'll go read a book or maybe i'll write or 
now I feel like talking to somebody. I feel like being social. It's like really interesting to kind of navigate that because I mean, in, in everyday life, you, you don't really get a chance to. You're busy, you know. Like it's like yeah. okay, I gotta get to work. I'm in a rush. I gotta get there. Let me grab a coffee. I'm tired. Like you don't, you get totally out of the loop of what your body actually really wants to do. So being for two months straight now, just having each day kind of thinking about it, it's very, very interesting to see, like, to kind of rewire honestly and see how much food I I really benefit from eating in the day or what kind of food, right? How much water I'm taking in, how much sleep I need, how much social interaction I crave, like. All that stuff, it's been really, really, really interesting for me personally to kind of analyze. Yeah, have you um, – what's the sleep schedule been like for you? Oh, it's been, it's been crazy off the wall. <laughs> it's been anywhere from – like I've always been on a late sleep schedule since like my early 20s because I've, I've been a bartender for that long. So I'm used to – my body has been used to for eight years straight being up until about 3 in the morning. God. Like, you know, bar closed at 2 a.m get home by two thirty, three o'clock and then finally, you know, get to bed. So that's been my schedule literally for eight years. So as much as I'd try to fight it, my body just got used to that being what normal is. So right. waking up at waking up at ten o'clock was ideal. So I'm just now have been starting to get a little bit of an earlier schedule because uh the job I'm at now or was at at the airport we close around 9 30 so i get home you know a few hours earlier than that so i'm able to have a little bit more of a normal you know quote unquote normal schedule so but it but like i feel like in the back of my head my body's still trying to pull in that old schedule right so it's like that's not not normal for me but are you sleeping the same the same amount of hours like are you an eight hour sleeper have you said fuck it to the alarm and you just wake up whenever your body tells you to are you like leaving curtains open for sunrise to become one with nature that's kind of been that's been my goal i do leave my curtains open i try to i that's always i knew you were one of those people oh i'm not though i'm not dude i am i've honestly like i've done that i've started doing that shit because it is well i've I've noticed I could, I can do that. I've I've always kind of written that off that I couldn't. So that's been another cool thing. Just that I've been able to, to see what my sleep schedule is capable of being. But no, my, my schedule has been all over the place. I mean, I've, I've sleep, I can sleep for super long one day and then I'll be up at seven 30 the next day or even earlier. I've noticed that naturally I, I always seem to wake up at seven and whether I choose to get up then or Yeah. So that's been kind of a surprise. And I think that's just from the sunlight and everything. So I've been trying to to stick to that. And like, do you feel this sense of guilt when you wake up at seven as in like, fuck man, let me be productive. Or are you feeling this sense of anger towards the sun, which gives you life <laughs> and being like, fuck you for shining this early? No, honestly, when I get up, if I get up that early, I feel a, like an overwhelming sense of peace because I feel oh. like I have so much time in the day that the possibilities are endless like if i wound up being tired later i can take a nap you know and then keep at it whereas if i sleep in it's like you can only get so much in the day before the sun sets especially if you want to get outside go for a run or something i mean it just gives you to be able to have a morning and get some things done before getting outside getting a workout in that's kind of that's cool for me i like that yeah i've um i've always kind of wondered 
at like the nine to five, I'll, I'll just use fucking Wall Street. Like if you're a nine to five Wall Street exec and maybe you're like waking up at 5.30 or six and on the way to work, you're gonna go like hit the gym up and do your laps and get on the treadmill and like you shower there and then by like 8.30, you're grabbing breakfast on your way to the office type shit. And I'm like, that does seem pretty empowering. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think about that all the time. I remember, yeah, I remember trying to, I used to uh, be a member at a gym, my, my old like hometown. And uh, there was a ton of people that would go in at like 5 a.m. do spin classes and stuff. And I, I started doing spin classes. I got really into it. And at this particular gym, I think the only spin class I could take before work, they, they were more geared towards that nine to five schedule. So there was just really early classes. I remember getting in there and there'd be people like leaving the gym when I was walking in at like yeah. seven o'clock. And I'm like, what the hell? What time is it? Like, right. Because I was on that bartender schedule. I'm like, this is ungodly. Yeah. It and these just... people are like pumped, ready to go. They're reading the paper. They're chatting up with their like friends or yeah beyond pump dude like, yeah it's man. fucking like 11 o'clock in the afternoon to them and you're yeah. like that ain't fucking right i know it's crazy how different people can be with their schedules it really is yeah so do you think having this time is going to actually alter how you treat time going forward when it gets back to quote unquote well i'm sorry when trump gives <laughs> us the ability to be quote unquote normal our supreme leader um I think it'll it'll change my view on a like a sleep schedule, a hundred percent. Because I I really had in the back of my mind like I I can't get up that early, you know. Like right. I, I'm just, I'm not a morning person. But seeing like what I'm capable of as far as how much sleep I really need, I think it's kind of been an eye opener. So in that way, it'll change. Yeah, which I'm excited about. Yeah, it's it's almost like a second life, like when you rediscover those couple hours that you actually get to, I don't know, so, and, and I know this about you, but I guess if anyone listens who doesn't know you would know this, like you're a really creative person. So I'm wondering if like getting up and getting moving just gets that shit going, like gets your fucking brain, not, not like overstimulated, but just fucking like ratchet is ratchets that bitch up and you're like, dude, Oh my God, this is what I'm about. Um, or no. Yeah, no, it does. Cause I'm, I'm a big, uh, natural light person and that may seem kind of random, but I like, like instead of Miller light, you're a natty light person. <laughs> is that? Oh God. No, no, but no, not I'm, for breakfast, just... <laughs> for breakfast, just to be clear. So you're natty light for breakfast. No, it's straight vodka. For oh, breakfast. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. <laughs> calories, calories. Yeah, gotta cut the calories. Calories, okay. especially for the jog. You know, if I'm gonna be right. jogging and all. <laughs> all about that balance. OJ, OJ vodka and one raw egg. Right, exactly. All mixed together. <laughs> no, but I, I, although I haven't been a morning person, I really, really like the morning. Like it's anytime so I've been up peaceful, in the morning, man. I so really like peaceful. it. Yes, there's something about like just the way. The coolness of the morning and the dew the and like the birds yeah wow. and, it's, and people not everybody's up yet people are just kind of start the whole energy of the morning is totally different than any other time of the day so i really do like the morning so yeah that's that part i would say is empowering and and the fact that i i know i have the whole day ahead of me <laughs> like that's that's kind of cool yeah it can like decramp the schedule and i i can't remember if we've said this but you're in philly right so yeah. it, it's 
it's got to be different being in a fucking populated city and seeing that bitch sparse in the morning when you know yeah. like what's coming when you know the people and the trash and the piss and the broken <laughs> shit is just gonna fucking start being around um, especially now i mean it's you know taking the dog out when i take him out at 7 seven thirty, and i go for like a we'll, we'll go for a long walk around the neighborhood it's so peaceful and even the people that you pass by it's just like i said it's a different energy like later in the day it gets kind of i don't know it gets crowded and and right now you don't want to be around people, <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to. So, so there's something about, I feel like, I feel like when you pass by someone in the morning and I'm in South Philly, so it's like a, it's like, um, kind of family oriented around here. There's a lot of, it's like a real heavy Italian neighborhood, uh, kind of where I'm at, I'm near the Italian market. And it's like people that you pass by in the morning they're all morning people and it's like they give you this sort of sort of respect it's yeah it's like you're about shit you're yeah, getting shit exactly, done girl exactly. you got purpose <laughs> exactly every and and you know people are like they're ready to take on the day there's different attitudes whereas yeah. if you walk around in the afternoon the day's already beating them down <laughs> that's that's actually a great way to put it right like they're just fucking worn out from just dealing with shit that they were right. psyched right. to deal with yeah there's a there's a certain power and like just fresh start to each morning so yeah i really hope like more people slow the fuck down and enjoy time if that like something as stupid as that makes sense but just like realize like what you've done to fill this time is probably what's important to you so fucking yeah. figure out a way to like keep it being important to you i think a lot of people will because like i think you're giving people too much credit but go ahead I, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people won't, but I think a lot of people will. I think it might be like, I don't know if it'd be half and half, but I think there's a big group out there who, uh, you know, is realizing the more they go on like nature hikes and different things, how much value they can get out of that or that, right. like, you know, and that the things that you just don't give yourself time for. Like me personally, I, I've gone from for the last but three or four years, I've worked usually an average of three jobs at, at a time, like at the same time on average. And, uh, you know, mostly bartending. So it's it's uncommon for me to have one day off sometimes a right. week. So, and I, but, you know, and I'm not like bragging or, or complaining. I do that by choice. And it's just no, what you're I'm just explaining to. why you were going to vote for Bernie Sanders. But keep going. <laughs> but no i what, what you're getting at is like if you got a fucking day off i can't imagine all the to do just basic fucking grind thing. of life That's that is thing. now it, it's it's a fourth job just right, dealing exactly. with life exactly. is that fourth it's like, job right, today today i can clean the whole house do my laundry go you know take the car to get an oil change like it's yeah go get groceries like it's just like it's it takes a, like when's the relaxation when's that and then if yeah. you do have relaxation that day guilt you kind of feel guilty guilt. for it just fucking right, you're looking exactly. around the house and you can't even settle your your heart rate's elevated 20 extra beats exactly. per minute because you're like man that fucking why is this not a disney movie and i can't fucking whistle and shit's just folding itself and mops start fucking flying like, Seriously. God, why, why do you, why does Disney fuck with our expectations of life like that at a young age? <laughs> they just set us up for this like 
it'll be fine. And you're like, no, motherfucker. Like, there aren't 40 fucking little barn animals that are going to take care of your house. It's you. There's no reason for any small child to think anything other than that. You know, let them have it. Let See, them have it while they can. You, you know what? Again, you're, it, it took you three seconds that time, and I'm back on your side. <laughs> so rescue dogs and small, child, small children, you absolutely deserve sympathy and dreams. Seriously. I mean, when else? When You never get that back. No, never. that is so true. Um, so. so what else has um, been a part of, aside from early morning times, what else has your uh, corona self-discovery um, entailed? Um. Like you found uh, out you're like just hella good at crossword puzzles. <laughs> Sudoku? You're a Sudoku person. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've, I've been playing the guitar a lot. That's something that I've, that I've always dabbled with, but I've been getting more serious with it. And uh, I'm working on like a, a duo band with a, with a friend. So I've been thinking about um, trying to write songs and stuff. And that's something that I've never really... Uh, oh, put a lot of time into so um that that might be the most like skill building thing that i've been trying to do is probably guitar and stuff like that and are you doing it because you feel like you gotta build a skill with the time because you're such a fucking worker or is it more like i'm so glad i have the time to now like invest in this like uh passion it's more i'm glad i have the time that's right like anything music has always been something that that I know that I thoroughly enjoyed but never looked at as a high enough priority to make that much time for dude it's so much fucking reps to get anywhere decent to good Jesus Christ music music fucking sucks and that's why like people who can do it are so fucking talented because it's like how did you spend just that much time being terrible until you got good there's something in um putting the time in and and really working at it and then seeing how much you improve in just a few days that's really like encouraging right i mean like i've 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 been using an app for it and uh the app like breaks it down really really well on like finger picking and and like different notes and stuff on the fretboard and that's stuff that i've always wanted to dive into cuz i i can play chords and stuff i've taught that to myself a while ago but when it comes to like the little details of the guitar, I've always wanted to learn that. And Dude, finger picking is a fucking skill. Motherfuckers that can hit one of those. Wait, are there five or six? There's string? six. Yeah, okay, yeah. six. There it is. That, that's the extent to my. I always make this joke <laughs> about like, Dude, I start commenting on shit like I'm a fucking expert. Like my man Paul from Toronto, he's a kick-ass artist, was like talking about art exhibits. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you really want to. And I'm like, like I've ever fucking been in an art exhibit. <laughs> and like <laughs> Lay Shock was talking about rap. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. With my Southern Delaware ass, I know so much <laughs> about rap. And But at the same time, you're like, dude, you can fucking find one out of six chords while keeping in rhythm and like the 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 amount of space in between them dude like it's tight and if you can fucking finger pick it's like motherfuckers on a fiddle are legit i'm I'm blown away by how some people do it so skillfully and that's something that i think some people just kind of have a knack for it but that's definitely that's repetition right there so that's what i've been that it's so tedious that it's like hard to convince yourself to sit down and do it so i put it off for a few days but Mm -hmm. But I've been working on it for sure. It's just, uh, it's just one of those things. It just, it's not going to come until you do it over and over and over and over and over so again. So, is it like a standard rep 
like warm up type thing. Like I'm almost thinking like exercise. Like you, you go through whatever. Like okay, I do this stretch. Okay, I, I get the blood flow in this way. Or are you like following along with like um, songs that you're trying to like pick the tempo with? So on the on the app, they do. Uh, it's really cool. They it, the app's called Musician. If anybody wants to try it, I recommend it. Um, Is it free? It's not free. <laughs> Jesus, the money you no, spend on subscriptions, man! It's you and your expensive. applications. Well, this one, I mean, is worth worth every cent for me personally. So, oh, cool. um, but it breaks it up and, and it makes it so that um, so it'll it'll like have a little video and it'll kind of explain it to you and then, and then it has an exercise has exercises how I don't know if you've ever seen like a practice piano book, like from from lessons and stuff, but like um, I'm sure you have. The, uh, Thank you for assuming books. that I'm cultured. I appreciate well, that. Continue. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have practice like exercise books that are that aren't really songs, but it's more like finger exercises, and then they also have songs. So it's kind of a combination of both. So okay. It'll go over a concept in a video. It kind of, he kind of like gives you hints and tricks and not hints, tricks and stuff how to do it and shows you. And then you have the exercises, and if you don't pass them, you can't go on to the next level. And is and it like reading? Like it's able to. He- I'm assuming there's like a microphone element where it can hear if you're hitting yeah. the right shit. So you gotta. Yeah. So you, you wear your oh. headphones so that it doesn't like loop, and then. Uh, That's dope. And then it listens to your guitar and the mic, and it can tell whether you're on key and everything. It's really cool. Yeah. So that's always been my thing with like the technology and like, with Zoom blowing up, um, and fucking Skype falling off. You dumbasses at Skype. How the fuck was not this your time to shine? I don't fucking get. I, I'll never be able to get how Skype dropped the ball. But with like live lessons, I, I feel like live lessons were always there because you wanted that like feedback to the sound. And right. now with all the audio technology that the internet is almost like for I, maybe it's always been there, but now people are experiencing it. I think like that shit, like, dude, you plug in a guitar and all of a sudden I can fucking know if I'm right or wrong. Like that's, yeah. dude, that, that's next level. It's kind of a shame for the people who, who give lessons in person. But honestly, this is a actually, lot that's a good them. point. That's the first worst thing we've learned about you is you're all about rescue animals, young kids, <laughs> and you just want to put musician teachers, musical teachers out of work. Wow. I don't, you know, after you know, things started to lighten up. I'll probably start taking voice lessons again or something like that. Just try and give back a little bit. But um, <laughs> voice lessons to just, rescue dogs. Just, yeah, there you go. Bark in town. <laughs> like just had a bark. This is your nervous bark. <laughs> this is when you want to be intimidating. I'm sure there's a way to train dogs on their barks, but you know, that's not my that's not my specialty. Could be with the right application. Sorry. I guess. Right. No, no, go ahead. So, no, well, it, it it is kind of fucked up, but at the same time, it's hella convenient that you can just push play and get that kind of feedback and instruction. Yeah, it's so thorough too. It's really thorough. It's like, it's right up my alley. I I geek out on it. Honestly, it's like my, I'm like, and I've learned especially now. I'm very I'm very like OCD with some things. So the fact that it goes over every little thing. And I can just go back if I didn't totally get it. Like, that's just like, oh, that's like, it's like it was made for me. Because <laughs> when you see like the 100% bar or whatever, you're like, yes, I'm perfect. <laughs> I mean, I haven't gotten that many 100%. But. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm adequate. <laughs> I just like how thorough it is. I feel like I can trust it. Like, gotcha. I feel like 
you know, if I were to go to a teacher or something, I might think like, well, what if they're like leaving oh, something out or that's I don't a good know. point. This is like put together by probably a ton of different people and it's, it's well thought out. So yeah. Cause at the end of the day, if you're learning in isolation, you don't want to go public and be a fucking like oaf. <laughs> And you got like right. Homer Simpson fingers fucking fiddling with this thing. And all of a sudden you're like, I paid all this. I thought I was skilled. I mean, there's some things I feel like you don't really need a person to teach you. You can do it by, by an app. But other things I, I think differently. Bob Ross thinks the same way. Uh, you can't you can't top Bob Ross. There's no app for him. The original, right? Like how fucking – like if he was – how fucking much money would that bitch have if he'd have just been born with internet? God, <laughs> that poor man just wasted, wasted public television, right? Like, what were oh, they fucking paying forever. him? He's not wasted. He'll live forever. Dude, he's got no. a whole new line of like, you know, clothing now, even. Dude, you know, yeah, but probably because his children are pimping his fucking image out. But they, they, would, they wouldn't have to if that motherfucker would have had the internet. That's all I'm saying. Bob Ross, the original DIY guy. Like, right. the original. How much does the app cost? Is it like a monthly subscription? Is it a per lesson yeah. thing? It's uh, it's thirty bucks a month. Oh wow! Oh, so you can just fucking like if you really want to like dedicate yourself. Yeah, you no, can yeah, roll you through could, whatever. You could if you. I do it for like when I'm really getting into it. I'll do it for an hour to two hours at a time. So and it's it has um it has lessons for guitar, bass, singing, um, and ukulele. Ukulele. I think there might be and piano, piano too. See, I'd go ukulele. I wonder what the singing's like. Have you like? Do you get to dabble to do like a free trial just to see how your vocals mesh up? Oh, I I subscribed. So wait, to um, singing as well, or you get all, all of it. it? You get all of it, dude. Thirty bucks gives you all that. Yeah. Oh wow. It's it's a steal when you think about it. Honestly, I dude, if I've you've... taken lessons and usually a lesson goes a dollar a minute, so. Yeah, I was about exactly. I was about to say, and you do that shit like four times a week, and all of a sudden it's, and that's right. limited. Wow. Right. But you know, I'm not trying to take business away from you know. No, starving artists. Fuck you, man. Hey, honestly. starving artists. You know what? Get a fucking go, <laughs> go 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 to your local community college and get a fucking technology associates and learn how to fucking do that. Because, right. dude, like with with on demand streaming, why would on demand lessons not follow suit? Well, I'm sure that's what's happening now. Right? Like, the, I mean, the, those are the people who are making the most of the time is the um, people providing content for some sort of um, monetary compensation. I've, I mean, uh, I've been watching a ton of uh, live stream um, videos of, like, friends of mine who are musicians. And I've tipped them and stuff. They have the virtual tip jar right. type deal or Venmo. And there's some – there's this, this one guy who does it every weekend, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He's got, like, a – a different thing he does, but he's been doing it consistently. And I think that's really cool. Dude, I kind of wish like, or I hope that some of that kind of continues because see, I just can't see it continuing, dude. People are going to want to be that, that. And that's what I was getting at. Like the, the content. So if you kept with your morning routine and it was really cold, what if you were like, fuck a jog, I'm just going to work on base today. And now you can log in and you get that 30 minutes to an hour of like intensive instruction and it's there for you. But like, you free playing at like seven o'clock on a Friday when I can just be out or I'm working, the whole market's going to drop on that. And I, I don't feel like that's a sustaining thing. Like these, um, these lessons, I feel like these lessons are going to keep like living on. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, Musician has been around for a while. I've I've had it for uh, a little over a year now, I think. So, and I I know it's been around for years before that. I'm okay. not sure how popular it is, but I'm sure it's gotten more popular now. Yeah, right. Buying stock and that stuff. <laughs> Should have anyway. Actually, you've missed the bubble if you're buying stock on this now. Poor thing. You might have. Might have. Yeah. What's your portfolio looking like? What what portfolio? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> enough said moving on lol <laughs> have you um not gotten into stocks or anything like that you didn't you didn't you try know, to grab like your so you're all about applications you don't get like the robin hood app or something and you're just buying like quarter shares of amazon and stuff the the most i'll do as far as stocks right now is maybe buy one of the or not buy one of those apps get one of those apps that are like gives you fake money to play around with and oh just play God. around with it child no, I, I, listen coming from an unemployed uh <laughs> from an unemployed person I, it's just uh it's not the time right uh, <laughs> so that's the fucked up part and i know i've so I don't know if you know this, but I've received advice that I really need to make this more about the person I'm interviewing versus like <laughs> thinking about thoughts and philosophies. So I'm really trying to restrain myself from going down that road. But at the same time, I'm like, that's what makes this country so fucked up is that like people who need the stock market to be at the bottom because it's at the bottom no longer have the means to buy stocks at the bottom, which will raise them to a level above themselves. I mean, Where, that's how it will always be, will it not? That's dude, like the nature of the game. No, it shouldn't <laughs> fucking be that way unless people it were. It shouldn't, but the rich well, get richer and the poor get poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> unless, unless you understand and you can juggle and you can just fucking figure out a way to grab whatever, 1500 100 bucks, Dude, there's a ton of 5 $8 stocks that are decent, worthy investments that if you do it right, man, you can make a fucking a substantial amount of money on them things but people don't have the liquidity to just drop into a bunch of stocks where all these rich people fucking like they can they'll be like oh i'll just refinance oh i have great credit i'll just take out and and you're like that's such such a fucked up system god i'm sorry i, I don't know why my mind goes there and i know it shouldn't <laughs> So I hear, but, um, because, because you're really into it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm really into it. I feel like I'm really into social justice. Some people care about rescue animals. I care more about social justice. Hey, um, some of us can care about both. That is true. Um, tell me a little more about this band. I'm super interested. By the way, can you tell the official name right now? Go. <laughs> What's the official I name? I haven't made an official uh, decision on the official name. But um, I'm leaning towards two tones. <laughs> great fucking name. Jesus, is that a great fucking name? God. Now, how are you going to spell two? Which two are you going with? Or that will I it... haven't decided. Ooh. That I haven't decided. What about, even though it's two tones, what about the number two, but she's like a woman in a silhouette with a microphone, and then the tones, the T is like another silhouette of someone playing an instrument. And then it's, the, as, if, it's and, as if you thought about this. And then the owns are like musical notes and shit in some like jazzy hip way. Yeah, I'll have to sleep on it. I feel like you need to sketch on it. Wait, can you draw? Are, are you that fucking talented that you can draw too? I've, I've 
I have, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What the fuck? How do you get to be like that? So you can play music, you can sing, you have a personality, and you can fucking draw <laughs> along with helping animals. You're like Snow White on steroids. You know, I always liked Snow White. That was like my go-to when I was little. Stop. She's the worst. I don't want to go down that road. I fucking, dude, I hate me some Snow Listen, White. Listen, I'm not No, no, no. Defend Snow White. We're going to go down this road. On the movie? I'm just saying when I was four years old, I liked the movie, John. Okay? That's all I'm saying. No, I, I want to explore this. What Disney character do you, what Disney character do you associate with the most? What Disney princess, I should ask. Do you associate with the most? Which one do I like now? Like if, if you had to pick a bitch to ride with, who are you? Who who are you going out with? Like who are you? Like yeah, that's my girl. Mm, you know, before it would have been Pocahontas. I I I used to love some Pocahontas. Because but, uh, because. Well, I liked her when I was little, and I remember my my parents asked me, or someone asked me, why or what what was my favorite part of the movie. And I said the war scene. Oh, <laughs> like a, anger. A strange thing for like a five-year-old or six-year-old kid to say. Not really sure, but I do, I went to the movies to see that. I remember just like really liking it. And then I used I like I got the the Barbie doll, and that was like one of my favorite Barbie dolls. I really liked Pocahontas. I really I don't know. I don't remember the war scene. Was. was it like um, Indian on white man? Was it Indian yeah. Indian? Yeah. No, it was it was Indian on white man. Native American on white man. But uh, I don't know. I think I liked I think I might have liked the the music aspect and the the colors and stuff. I thought it was cool. I mean it was like a I think it was a it was picturesque. I think that might be why I liked it. Not so much the storyline. I don't think I was like, Hell yeah, you know, like marry that white guy. Well, I mean he is uh, it was Mel Gibson and he was fucking creme de la creme at the time. Okay. If if um <laughs> if I'm remembering right. Um, so you thought it was more like the artsy, the, the artistic so. portrayal of the story more so than the characteristics of the protagonist. Yes. If I were to, um, I if really... I were to guess why at that age that that was my favorite, I would say yes. Because I, I always kind of gravitated towards uh, movies that I think I like the songs in, honestly. And what's your go-to karaoke Pocahontas song? Oh, Colors of the Wind, for sure. I that, Come on. Ever heard the wolf <laughs> cry? Like that kind of thing? Oh, man, that part, man. That's like, that's the doozy right there. That'll give, that'll give you goosebumps. Dude, does that get it? Like, in <laughs> how often have you sang that in Philly at oh, karaoke? Man. No, honestly. Oh, my God. Honestly. Oh, a lot. I, Shut oh. up, dude. Not a lot. Oh my god! On the streets, even so. Shut the fuck I, up! You're such I a liar swear, on the I streets. I swear, I swear to God. So when I was, um, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you ask. When I was uh, 19, I um, I had this friend uh, who was living on like off Drexel's campus. She was going to Drexel, and I hung out with her a lot for like us, like one year. We like we were hanging out every weekend, and I would go to her like apartment on the campus. And I would take my little raggedy ass car and uh, I had my guitar. I just got my guitar. I was 19 and uh, I would, I would take that thing with me everywhere. Even I could, I could barely freaking play it, but I took it everywhere. Well, and, it's all uh, about a look at that point. Right? So it's all about being the girl with the guitar. No, it wasn't even, I just really liked it. So um, I, I was, 
for Halloween that year, I was trying to think of who I wanted to be. So I actually got a Pocahontas costume, like the legit. Oh shit! The legit princess, like Disney princess, like just that that plain brown dress. Beaver skin? Did you go beaver skin? I mean, it was. I ordered it online, but (laughs) it was it was actually difficult to find one that wasn't like sexy pocahontas you know it was just like the regular so that's a whole nother thing man jesus how they whore these fucking women out in disney during halloween it's just a travesty it's a shame but yeah no i got the original i got the the actual dress and i did the whole the orange tattoo on my arm and i was all excited about it did you tan (laughs) self-tanner i i think i self did you bronze yourself (gasps) no i mean i was already pretty naturally tan but Mm -hmm. uh so i remember i was like we went to a couple of Drexel parties and um, actually she was, <laughs> she was dressed as a, as a professor, I think. So I, I think there's a picture floating around somewhere on Facebook of uh, her like pretending to teach me something. <laughs> like, looking at it, like real intrigued. <laughs> Maze, you oh, call but, this uh, corn. <laughs> but there was definitely a point in that night where we were, we wound up back at her house and I was all drunk and I was sitting on the sidewalk and I, I learned Colors of the Wind on the guitar, and I was just oh, just Jesus. singing it so loud. And all these drunk people were passing, singing it with me. And I'm just in this full-on Pocahontas costume, <laughs> singing Colors of the Wind. I'll never forget that. That was fun. That was a good Halloween. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking glorious. And the fact that you can remember it means I guess you weren't that drunk. Way to drink no. responsibly. Yeah, yeah all those those four locos, we drank responsibly, you know. Jesus. Gotta, gotta, gotta sip them and not chug them. <laughs> Pocahontas. Crazy days, but yeah, but that's actually so. Like, that's interesting that the music thing's always kind of been there for you. Um, but let me ask this: like, what fucking Disney character are you uh, deleting? What what Disney princess has set women back, and you're just like, I can't believe this bitch gets publicity. Cinderella. Really? No. Yeah. Yeah. She's a fighter. Yeah, but she's like, she's all about the dude, man. She's just like, oh, let me get married to Prince Charming. It's all about him. That's the end goal. I don't think she. I mean, she doesn't really, uh, doesn't really show any perseverance in like her own her own goals. It's just to get out of the toxic house. Which yeah, okay, but to what to fall into a dude's arms? I don't think that's very. Uh, I don't think that's like a great example. So. But, I don't- I don't know exactly the time setting, so I don't want to be too judgmental about women's options rights. Like, did Cinderella have the right to be a landowner? Would she have the I'm right sure to did. own a business <laughs> during whatever no. fucking pretend time this is? But at the same time, I don't know how many fucking times I'm dealing with them three women doing that to me and just taking it. No, I know. I mean, it's – it's uh, you know, she, she gets what she wants in the end, right? But I just – I don't think – I mean, you told me to choose one. That's the one I would choose. Dude, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of thinking now through her character arc, and I'm going like, so. I don't think that she's like gonna set anybody back by by what she does, but I just don't think. I think out of the princesses I can think of that I've that I've seen, and I haven't seen all of the Disney movies. I just feel like she may be the least of a like badass princess. Yeah, well, it's her, Snow White, number one. The, the, those are the two weakest characters Disney portrayed. And right, yeah, Snow White wasn't, wasn't that great. Just yeah. fucking inept, dude. But so, like, 
I always felt like Snow White had autistic qualities. And I feel like Cinderella with her personality would be great with autistic children and her patience and understanding for like the abuse that can come out of nowhere. And you're just like, yes, we will make it better. And that like calming influence. And I never understood she has all this passion for like escaping the prince and getting back. But where's that passion when your stepsisters and stepmother are shitting on you, man? Where's yeah, and the, I mean, it, it was kind of like the mice kind of did all the work if you think about it. Yeah, right. Well, no. So kind of wept in her room for a while before she even went to the ball. So I thought she had. And then the fairy godmother set it all up for her, too. So when you think about it, she didn't really do that much. Oh, yeah. She's second generation wealth. <laughs> and like, what is she adding to the royal like court? Right. Like, is she really going to be a fucking diplomat? Or, or is she going to be the is she going to be the girl like out there with a garden talking about like cucumbers are a great right. alternative to jalapeno after chips after watching the crown on netflix she, she's got a hell of a job laid out for her from what i've gathered i've i've not seen the crown on netflix it's it's pretty cool it's um i wish it was more based off of fact it's very dramatized obviously but it's about like queen elizabeth and stuff oh and like a female trying to have uh, well she took the crown Right, and it shows like just from when she when she was crowned, and then where it just goes from there as she gets older. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's that. That's a. Why is she not a bigger? Or maybe she is, and I just don't know because I'm a guy. Um, not that gender matters, but why is like Queen Elizabeth? She has to be one of the baddest bitches alive, right? Like you're ruling well, a fucking monarch. Like how the fuck does that happen? I mean, she's looked at pretty highly in a in her country. It's not like a. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's American bias, then, huh? Yeah, I just think that we don't we don't think about it that much because we're not we're not really involved. <laughs> yeah, right. Like fucking Hillary has more status than she does, and if we no, really think about I it, like, <laughs> oh, in America, I, I don't guarantee- know. Some I, people, some people are pretty into into like the queen and everything, even in America. Yeah, but do they know her story? Like, do they know what she, like, I have no idea what she did to maintain and become what she is. Right. Well, I mean, if you're interested, there is a documentary on Netflix. Do you need a subscription to that application in order to access the information? (laughs) Yes, you do need a subscription to Netflix. If you you want, let you borrow mine. I was about to say, so can I just get your login and password right now? Like, (laughs) nobody listens to this shit anyway. It'll be fine. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to get to know. It'll work. It'll work. Yeah, when are they going to start cracking down on that? Never mind. Um, <laughs> God. So, yeah, how much has Netflix been a part of your daily life with the quarantine? I know you've been self – been exercising 20%. I thought music was 30%. So 40% eating <laughs> vegan and Netflixing? Um, I, I watch I try to keep it to a minimum. I there's it just depends on the day, man. Like some days I I don't feel like doing much and I just kind of want to zone out and watch some TV. Other days I want to do a bunch of shit and then by the time the end of the day comes, like I don't really have the energy to watch anything. So I don't know, not that much, not as much as I thought, but more so than normal everyday life for sure. Yeah. So maybe I don't know. I I've got like four shows I've been kind of passing around depending on what mood i'm in yeah and so it's like playlist watching 
<laughs> yeah, really. It's really like, yeah, exactly. Like what kind of music you want to listen to, what mood you're in. That's the same how I go for my TV show. Yeah. All right, man. Take me down the playlist. So if I'm if I'm feeling emotional or if I'm feeling like I need to feel emotional, I watch This Is Us, which don't even comment. All right. I know it's cheesy and corny. Best but fucking show ever. The writing and the intricacy corny, and the is. character depth is next fucking level. So it's when you, a tearjerker. So if I feel a cry I was about to say. on or if I feel like I want to feel something, I watch that show and it, well, it gives me all the feels. Why do you say feel like I'm going to feel something? Because like, does that show bring you anger? Does it bring uh, you anxiety? Yeah. Does it really? Yeah. Oh my. It brings a bunch of different emotions. It's a, it's like a, it's a drama. So it, it brings all of it. Sometimes that feels good, man. You know, <laughs> get a good cry in, you feel refreshed afterwards. It doesn't have to be about your own shit. <laughs> no, that is, I mean, for me, it's dog's purpose. I watch a dog's purpose and I'm fucking no good for an hour after and the whole two hours during. Like, I can't even fucking, I, like, I wouldn't even be able, I, I couldn't eat popcorn. <laughs> I was sobbing like the next yeah, fucking no, I, scene I comes eat. up and it's just I'm exploding kernels all over the I've, floor. I've tried to like sit down with dinner and, and watch This Is Us. And it's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work out for me. Yeah. It just, no, it's I heavy. It's it's, it's red wine. It's red wine watching. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there's that. And then I've been watching uh, Outlanders. That's a really cool one. Outlanders. Um, Is that yeah. where the guys are in kilts? Yes. With the super hot Scottish guy, so I've been kind of drooling uh, over him a little bit. So that's been like a guilty pleasure. And then, so um, wait, wait, stay on Outlanders for a second because I'm super curious. Is it like the rugged mustache that all these bachelor motherfuckers are going for? Is no. it the hair, the kilt? Is it the like? It's slaying? the character, man. He's like a he's a heartthrob. He, the, the stuff that he says and does, he's just uh, like, oh, take me. But anyway, <laughs> romance novel type shit. No, where would he take you? I'm curious. <laughs> he could take me anywhere he wanted. <laughs> Let's not go down that path. <laughs> We're explicit. It's fine. You know? <laughs> I mean, just, just look at him. There's there's gifts and stuff, or gifs, or however you say it. And even those, it's just like, oh, come on. It's those eyes. Just, like, gets you. So, you know, going to plan a trip to Scotland eventually and find him. So is the actor actually Scottish, though? Yeah, he is. I looked him up. Okay. Because nothing like – like I, my heart was broken during Walking Dead when I found out Rick was actually from London. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just fucked me up. Like half the cast is from London. And I'm like, you're a fucking southern cop. How did you dupe me for four fucking years, Rick? I know. It's crazy how they can do the voices like that. I'm honestly. so glad you fucking died, bro. Although, <laughs> did he, right? Like, I didn't get that far into that. I was having nightmares. Got you. Spoiler. It, it, they were just fucking reaching for money at that point anyway. I know. Well, it seemed like every every season, like two main characters died, and it was kind of fucking with my uh, morale. <laughs> yeah, but it took them fourteen episodes to get there, and you're like, Jesus, could we get a new storyline? Like, are right. we battling zombies? Are we battling culture? Are we battling the environment? Like, which fucking well, it direction? Like, it was the first like big zombie TV series to really get popular, so I think it was just like people that wanted to see zombies appeal to them and then they were just right. trying to like throw in a storyline that would keep people watching every week no dude the first and i i don't know when they got to negan's negan's first season was where it pinnacled and then after that it was like they just kept grasping for this like power security thing where you had this great 
underlying of like who what would humans do without government and how much would you depend on people and what kind of human tendencies will shine in times of conflict without um social restraints like all that shit i was all fucking in and then all of a sudden you just start like putting your shit on repeat but again this is what um makes the podcast less appealing is when you um <laughs> pontificate on your thoughts so I never- I, I never said you said that. I've just read reviews and comments. Appreciate all the reviews and comments. And um, this is the feedback that I've heard on a single occasion. So emotional, best is us. What's that um terrible TV show called again? This is us. This is us. Yes. Not yeah. the best is us. This is us. No. And then, yeah. So that's the emotional one. I watched Outlanders so I throw that in there. And then. Um, For those lonely I- nights. Is it just a weekend thing like Friday night? <laughs> It's just like, you know, it's such a tease. Sometimes I can't even handle that. I'm like, I can't handle it tonight. I got to watch something funny. (laughs) (laughs) So then I'll watch like something stupid, like Wilfred or Arrested Development or something, something light. Gotcha. Dude, Arrested Development's um, one of those like intellectually stupid shows. Like I can't, I can't imagine the writers keep rewatching it and you just get something new out of it so many like it's it's so it's so good (laughs) yeah so jason bateman's the guy that i go to when i need that like emotional release i mean he's just he just fucking does it for me i'm I'm sorry and it didn't even start when i was young um it really has been his second act in life that it just it encapsulates me it it's everything about him you should um you should get a big poster of and put it in your room or something. Uh, aside from on the ceiling, the mural that I painted, <laughs> it's basically like him with the hand of God thing, but he's reaching for a remote and. So I actually, I actually. And I a actually camera. Painted, but go ahead. I didn't paint. It was oil pastels, but I did an oil pastel picture in. Uh, was it middle school or high school? I think it was middle school of um, Matt Damon. <laughs> What, in that same, like, pose? Like, for your Not ceiling? Not in that pose, no, but I, I just thought, it's like, upon reflecting on it later in life, it just seemed kind of strange. Because <laughs> I think we could choose whatever we wanted to uh, do, a, do a picture of. And I chose, like, a, a picture of fucking Matt Damon. And I, <laughs> I did a little pastel of it. Do you remember it out pretty good. what character inspired it? Oh, Born Identity, yeah. Oh, dude. Born. Yeah, yeah. I fell in love with him from you're that fucking movie. no wonder, dude. That outland. So who's winning, Born or the Outlander, dude? Um, the Outlander, dude. Now I feel like no, no, no. I'm I mean, not talking about winning you. I'm talking about in a battle. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like the Outlander, dude. Would he's fucking scrappy. I mean, he's like, we're going back to, you know, freaking. 1900s or yeah so he's different he's working with what rocks and swords like does he even have a sling uh not that i've seen yeah then it's born all day he's got the brute man i don't know oh he could he could just like run like take that gunshot and still like snap snap jason's neck or something i don't know gotcha so he's just got that (laughs) farm boy strength to him yeah he's a badass yeah, I honestly haven't watched it, which is weird because I'm so into really strong, muscular, masculine men in skirts, but yeah. it hasn't 
come up on whatever algorithm they're running from. No, no, not the search it. No, highly yeah. recommend. Yeah, it's a cool storyline too, and it's actually based off of a a book, I believe. So. Yeah, I'd watched a bunch of the movies. Like I, and I'm assuming is it similar to the movies in the '80s? Have you gone through them? Like the Sean Connery outlander like you're the last man who can live forever and you're battling other guys that can live forever is that the thing no so she actually uh it's the woman is the main character claire and uh she goes to like this um like this uh architectural site like all these stones i forget what it's called it's in scotland and she's on her honeymoon in like i think it's like 1950s or something like or 1940s somewhere, somewhere around then and um, she winds up touching the stone, and then it transports her back 200 years. Oh. And she finds out that she had an alternate life. Oh, and, God. And she doesn't know how to get – right now, I'm only, you know, in, like, the first season or so, but she doesn't know how to get back to the other life. But she's, like, realizing that she is a part of this life. She's trying to accept it, but she also, like, has this other life. It's kind of – it's interesting. Yeah. What does that do for your uh, stance on alternate lives? Um, not much. <laughs> what do you mean? You're like you're dead in the dirt and that's fucking it? Or you're heaven and hell, <laughs> no, you're like I, I could come back as a rescue dog? Yeah, yeah man. I like I, I never I don't I don't um discredit that. I don't think that that's that that cert like certainly isn't a thing. I don't know. I I've just become a little more um spiritual in the last year. So I'm still kind of uh I guess discovering what i believe in and what i don't i I, i'll tell you this i don't don't believe in i mean i it's not that i don't (laughs) i don't don't if that makes i don't know how to word it (laughs) yeah you're not discounting it so like i watch billions and billions is like how certain are you and the catch line is like i'm not uncertain And it's like, what the fuck does that mean, bro? And it's like, I don't know. It could be a fucking possibility, but I can't put like a, yeah, it's guaranteed type like number on it. Yeah. I'd say I'm not, uh, I, I wouldn't discredit anything or, or dismiss anything really. Right. What got Um, you there? Um, the, the podcast I listened to for sure, but, um, the almost 30 podcast, I started listening to it, uh, last, um, last december into january uh like of last year not this past not the one that just passed but um so i have like a full year and a half now of listening to it and it's like a a wellness podcast and they get a lot of like spiritual people on there too so it's been something that i've always been kind of open to and interested in but never really gave much thought to until i started hearing like the different people they brought on different like astrologers or shamans and people who practice reiki and um, all kinds of people. And I mean, they have like entrepreneurs who go on there too and, and like health coaches and stuff, but, uh, it's, it's just really opened my eyes to, to different parts of my life. And that's kind of brought me on a really interesting journey in the last year, I'd say. Um, so, cause I'm definitely going to ask about the journey, but now I like, I had no idea because I'm not allowed in the group. Um, <laughs> what why is it called almost 30 like so they actually they they called it that because they started it when i think they were like 28 and they were their main idea and premise behind it was to 
dive into the transitioning from your 20s to your 30s. And then now they're kind of kicking themselves for the name because, you know, they've moved on. They're, they're in their 30s already, and they don't want right. to just keep it to people at that age group gotcha. because it's kind of transformed into something bigger. So now they're, they talk, it's more about transitioning just in general in life. So, gotcha. so do you subscribe? I shouldn't say subscribe because that means like you endorse or whatever, but how much truth do you put into the as someone who I won't say their age, but may almost be 30? Um, put into like the going from your twenties to your thirties and having this like realization awakening type thing. Oh my God. I, I think it's like, like you can count it like, like summer's coming. I, I know winter's here kind of it's stuff. It's inevitable. I mean, there's, um, they call it your Saturn return, like astro- astrologically speaking, it's your Saturn return is like, um, it's when Saturn aligns a certain way with your, with your planets, however they were aligned when you were born. But, um, I think 28 to like 31, 32, that's considered your Saturn return. And it's supposed to be very, uh, um, becoming and, you know, whether you believe in astrology or not, it's, it's pretty much undeniable that you, you go through some sort of transition. It's just a, like a coming of age time. I feel like, you know, your brain's fully matured. Now you've, gone through your childhood basically and now you have this new mature brain you know mature i say that (laughs) you can take mature however you want but (laughs) (laughs) but there is a sense of maturity to to how you think about things and and look at things you know for for i say pretty much everybody whether you know some people are more if you'd say advanced or less advanced but it's definitely for me it's been it's like it's gotten me to the point where, and I hate to be this way, but if I talk to someone who's like in their, their early twenties, like, Oh no, three, I no. don't, I don't, I don't like, it's, it's not that I will sit there and lecture no. them. It's almost like I kind of, um, it's hard for me to understand uh, why they think shit's such a big deal. No, I understand it because I've been through it. So I feel like it, it's easy for me to kind of give advice, but it's also kind of hard for me to relate because I feel like I've, I've been through it already, you know, like, it's like, it's like, oh man, I want to talk to you in, in five years or six years when, when you're at my, not my level, but when you're at this level of your life, because I'm interested to see how your take on all of this will be. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just feel like, and maybe, maybe it's been more grandiose for me, but my twenties, the, from 20 to now I'm 29, it's been like, it's been a ride. For sure. All because Saturn has been returning throughout that whole time. <laughs> that's just what that's just what it's called. I don't know. I, I'm not going to get into that because I don't. I don't know all of the. I don't have much of a knowledge in it, so. That's not my my area of expertise. What led you to the group? Um, kind of feeling out of sorts. Uh, wanting to find. I've always been into to self-help and wellness types of uh, books and stuff. So I was trying to find a podcast in that light and uh, that popped up in like the, the wellness podcast almost already. And it seemed like spot on from what I, for what I was looking for. And I started listening to it and it was like hundred percent what I wanted. So I got lucky with that. Kind of stumbled upon that. Wanted as in like affirmed, why you were feeling certain ways or like trying to give you direction as to what you should focus on, what kind of shit's important. I think more so 
direction, yeah, but also, like, just it provided me with things to kind of reflect on and uh, just understand myself better. It's, I mean, when you don't have an outlet like that, it's pretty difficult to to go, to sort through different feelings that you might have or sort through different things that might happen to you. And then, I mean, on top of it, there's the Facebook group that goes along with it, and that's, like, it's gotten so big now, but it's just all women who are like-minded because they all, you know, they like this, they're all fans of the podcast. They're all kind of into self-help and like wellness and stuff. And you can post about, I mean, like I could go through a breakup and post about it and I'll have 30, 40, 30 or 40 women comment and be like, Oh my God. And like, give me either like super good advice or just encouragement or just send like, send their love. And it's, it's just like, it's empowering. It's cool. It's, it's definitely a, a good tool to have. So hard to relate to from my perspective. And That's I, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, right? Like, but, but, um, and I'm not saying that because, like, it's wrong or anything. I guess I'm just trying to, um, process it. So, like, why didn't you have that kind of outlet? Like, you don't go like Catholicism, church, the old standard, like, Jesus route, let me sit and pray kind of a thing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've gotten out of touch with religion, definitely. When I was young, um, we went to a Methodist church, uh, and it was kind of, like we went, but it wasn't like something that was um, super enforced in my house. Not gotcha. that it was like so like, you it was went, just kind of yeah, like a, you went, but you didn't live it. I mean, like you know, my my parents, uh, my, they grew up Catholic, so th- it's always been a part of their life. So you know, we had like a Bible and we had different like kid, kid Bible stories and stuff at the house, but it wasn't something that was like, I mean, we prayed at meals, I think for a while, but then we kind of stopped. It, it kind of changed. I don't know. We moved and then we wound up like not going to church anymore. And it wasn't something that was like shoved down my throat. I'll say, which I'm grateful for. Right. My parents have always been, they've always been very like, you can have your own, I mean, like, you know, they want to guide us and everything, but they've always kind of let us form our own beliefs and in so many different ways. So they've never, they've never tried to to make us do anything. So in that way, I I feel like I kind of fell out of religion after getting a little bit older because I didn't like the structure of it. I had a, like, I don't know. It it was, it was uncomfortable going to church. I didn't like it. Yeah. So what, what is, what's. I don't know. Why is the structure unappealing? I guess is the easiest way to ask that. Or what was unappealing about the structure? Like you felt like there's no fucking way to win. Jesus, I'm always going to wind up in hell. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like the the you sit there and you're basically told how horrible you are for uh, an hour. <laughs> and, like honestly, and especially as a little kid, you're like shit. Like shit. That is Damn, so like, true. Like, what am I going to do? I suck. And then you go to youth group, and then it's it gets worse. It's like they're like – they give you these uh, ultimatums. I remember um, being in seventh grade or sixth grade going to youth group, and I remember the instructor being like um, – uh, we were going through like a workbook, and one of the tasks for uh, the week until next week was like to talk to somebody about God who you didn't think was a was a believer. And oh my god, that ate at me. I couldn't sleep, man. Like I and I wound up doing it, and it was the most uncomfortable thing. <laughs> I'll never forget. I went up to this girl in my class and was like, you know, 
I don't know. I don't remember how I said it. You were like, knock, knock. Who's there? Jesus. (laughs) Jesus who? You're burning in hell. Now, how did that feel? like 12 13 years old that's the most one of the most awkward uncomfortable stages of childhood as is where you're so self-conscious and like starting to try to to figure out who you are and then to be like we want you to go tell someone that they need to love god (laughs) yeah pyramid scheme type shit man pyramid scheme and and then i'll I'll never forget too i I, um they're big on getting saved right so and it wasn't, it was like a whole thing. Like you had to, uh, like, it was like, you had to get saved. Like it was an actual, like thing that you had to do. Yeah, a fucking to ordeal. It wasn't like a prayer that you could do on your own. So no. I remember the day at youth group when, um, when they were talking about it and they, they had us like raise our hands if we'd never been saved. And me and this other girl, oh, I think we might've had the eyes closed, but I think we raised our hands. So they, so they took us into another room and, uh, I think I went home in tears that day to my mom and I was like, I was all upset. And she was like, what happened? Like, are you like, like what's going on? And I told her and she was like, she was like, she, she calmed me down. She was like, you know, you didn't have to do that. You know, God loves you. You didn't have to like, she really kind of, but they're just so, it's so like to the book. It just, it, it can drive a kid crazy. Right. Who doesn't? Who can't fully understand that that some of this can just be, uh, like not literal, you know? Like some of it's just kind of based off of something. Like you don't have to take it. To, I don't know. It's just it, you're so young and impressionable, and it's, well, it's kids like, are kids are so into rules, and kids are so into black and white, and kids are so into right and wrong. Kids are so into fucking tattletaling, right? So it just plays into everything that a typical religion wants with accountability and power structure and all that shit and guilt. Right. It's fucking, it's, it can be either super empowering to kids because they have the rules to follow, but then when they're met with temptation and experience, they have this whole fucking crisis of like, Jesus, I'm supposed to be this like goody goody saved. And I've just fucking disappointed not only my parents, but god right yeah and let that fucking weight sink in on you (laughs) seriously it's such an existential crisis that you don't need to be going through that shit at that age i don't know like i like the i like the um i like the morality behind religion because you got to have some fucking standards right like i mean let's be honest like you can hate the catholic church but like the golden rule is a fucking standard of any way to be be a decent person exactly that's what any religion boils down to i just i don't i really am not a fan of how a lot of churches uh portray it so i I, and and to just to kind of get into how much that day weighed on me i actually when i was bartending uh in new jersey at the place i was at for i was there for like seven years you were baptizing um, bitches with titos (laughs) they'd come up and on their fourth drink you were like you are saved and expecting (laughs) them to just fucking walk out just splashing on people's face (laughs) wouldn't that be great holy water holy water no dude and then you like bring them behind the bar and you know how you have like the three sinks full of water you're just grabbing their fucking heads and dousing them and you're like you are cleansed with the blood of christ and then i got and then i got fired no but uh, (laughs) well and then they left you no tip and you were like fuck you no i'm sorry good good I ran into um, the girl that was uh, 
in my youth group that I got saved with, and she brought that shit up. She was like, she was like, yo, Kristen, oh my god, do you remember youth group when we were like 12? I was like, oh my god, they made us get saved. I was like, I was a fucking wrecky after that. She's like, me too. And we're talking about this in our early 20s, man. Like, that shit still, right. to this day, weighs heavy. It's just like... Wait, y'all met up at a bar, or she came up to your bar that you were bartending She was a customer at, at my bar. She's, she lives in the area, so she was like... Yep. Yeah. She'd tell you everything you need to know about fucking bringing your kid to youth group. Those fuckers <laughs> never end up the way you hope that shit does. Like, <laughs> if you want your kid to be right, man, fucking make them right on your own terms. Quit well, you relying on some outside to... source. She went to a Christian school too. And, oh, dude, and, double down. So then yeah. she left with a guy that night. <laughs> not maybe not that. <laughs> well, that night, maybe I don't know. But no, I, I mean, a lot of the kids that I met that went to Christian school, they had a pretty rough. Uh, pretty, they were pretty crazy. Lord, Lord, so. help them. I'm glad their parents <laughs> prayed for them while they had freedom, because that shit was out of the zip code. Like it wasn't landing. Depending on the school, I feel like it's it's just I don't know. I, I don't feel like. Me personally, I don't feel like it's a it's a good environment to put a kid in. I feel like it's just a little dude. But kids, you know, I, I'm not hating on anybody who's who's religious. I feel like there's good in all religions, but I, I don't know if there's good on absolute consequences. And I get like religions, the whole like repent and you can, or some Christianities like repent, you can be forgiven type thing. But I really think people feel so scared for their children to be good to be taken care of that they look at it as a way to like help support and give morals and i'm like i I feel like it only adds weight it doesn't add morals it doesn't add character it it adds barriers that when those walls break down the kids just fucking run towards an experience because kids are curious by nature when you think about it it's yeah you're teaching them the you're teaching them the morals right but you're not giving them a a reason that they can really comprehend on why they're doing it besides how yeah. oh, you're going to go to hell. Right. So that's like, that's such an abstract or just out of grasp thing for a kid that age to, yeah. to understand. Whereas if you were to take that same moral or that same belief and tell them, Hey, look, we do this because of this, because I feel this way, you know, because we're good yeah. people because we want to do this for them. And you're, you as their parent are telling them that then they can be like, okay, all right, I respect that. Yeah, because it's you know, a family my mom value. My dad told me exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I feel like you're right. I think I think you're right. I think a lot of people try to rely on that entirely because maybe they're they feel like they're inadequate or I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, I fucking know it. What what it needs to be is like just fucking tell a kid what to do and they'll fucking do it. You hold them accountable for shit and kids do it. it it's it's honestly a little basic kind of thing when you're bringing them up and i've never understood that additional social pressure to just mold a child like forcefully mold a child into things like it 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 blows my mind and maybe this is like a spirituality thing like the whole and i'm almost positive you've gone through this like by exploring what you're into you kind of discover who you are and what you want to be or am I a little wrong about that? I think so. I mean, I, I I was talking to a friend about this the other day. I, I feel bad for people who don't ever, who never, who either don't have a passion to pursue or who don't allow themselves to find that passion because that that's, that's life, man. Like 
it's not it's not going after money or i mean like that's all part of it but unless that's your passion yeah what right unless it's your passion <laughs> yeah true but you know i don't know it's just it's is that a life worth living if you don't have something that you're passionate about that you thoroughly enjoy like with with music for me i i thought about it more and it's like you know i'm not like some crazy crazy good singer or anything i've been told i'm good like people like to hear me sing and that's good enough for me but that's the one thing like i've i've always been i've always had a lot of anxiety and i've kind of struggled with that through my 20s and uh, i've struggled with depression and different things but i i was like kind of thinking about it more this week and uh i kind of came to like a revelation like singing has is probably the only thing that i don't overthink or even really think about much at all when i'm doing it it's like the only thing that I can just find a release in and kind of just be. And I'm not thinking about like what note I'm going to hit next. Like, you know, it, like obviously that's in the back of my mind subconsciously, but it's not like, like it probably took everything in me now to, to write notes for today to talk to, to, to have this interview. Like, it's just, I overthink so much that it'll keep me up at night. I, I can, it's plagued me in, in like high school and in college writing essays because the amount of pressure that I put on myself to plan it out and, and how it was going to go and how it had to be just right and just like this. And like, it would get me to the point where I had such high anxiety that it was like crippling. And, but like music on the other hand, it's like, that's just, you know, you just do it. <laughs> It's just so, I don't know, I, I just, I hope for people that they have something, you know, because otherwise life can be pretty uh, intense. Jesus. So um, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot mentally for me to unpack. I wish I'd have fucking actually recorded that and taken notes on it. Um, I, dude, it's hard for me, maybe because I'm not fucking talented like you, dude, but when I hear you say something like performing or singing gives me less anxiety as a person with anxiety, I'm like all the way on the fucking opposite side. Like how the fuck can you not, how is music so like, like freeing? Because it's interpretive. It's, like, like there is no right. Yeah. There is no. Well, yeah, definitely that. Yeah. I think that's got a lot to do with it. It's, it's something that, um, like a lover of music, whether it's someone who loves to listen, who loves to play, who loves to do both, uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, music just goes back so far. It's, it's just like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It just kind of, it's, it's an art. It just, it's an expression, it it right? Right. And, and it's, you, I don't know, you can just, you can let out so much. It's like, it goes down, it, like, it's the one thing that like fully involves your soul. I feel like, oh, especially Jesus. singing. It's like, I, it, it's hard to describe, honestly. I, I, and as far as anxiety, it's like, I, I went to, uh, and again, like I, I've always been very, um, like I have to go by the books. This is, and I, I kind of, I've always kind of been pissed about that characteristic that I have. And it's served me well in some ways. Like I want to, I want to teach English and I want to do, uh, 
I want to teach writing and and like constructive writing and, and like analytical essays and stuff like that. Oh yeah, because you're made for fucking corporate America. You're all about the rules and <laughs> HR departments. Jesus, no fun I, zone right there. When you put it like that, yeah. Seniors, <laughs> don't fucking pick her class. I'm telling you right now, that shit's gonna be all business. And no, all the, reason, about. the reason I go mm-hmm. with that is because mm-hmm. I was so frustrated when I got into college and I took my first English 101 course and I got a D. And I, I was an all A, AP English like student. My teachers had nothing but good things to say about me in high school. And I got into college and I had this one professor and he was badass and he gave me a D and tore my paper up. Dude, he does and that it, shit it, just so he can no, feel good about himself. It, no, it completely made sense. I wound up with an A at the end of the class. It, I, he completely retaught me how to how to structure an essay. And whether you want to use, I mean, like, obviously you wouldn't use that in creative writing like you would in, like, uh, I don't know, some sort of, like, scientific class or something where you yeah. have to have a structured essay. 100%. It, either way, having that background, understanding that logic is a is a big thing as far as writing goes. So you don't transfer it, that to, like, music. So you're trying to write songs and shit. You don't feel no, like do. this, like, like this um, weight of a format, this gravitas of, oh, <laughs> I fucking lost it. Jesus, I thought I had... But if I knew more about music, I would have See, said like no, bridges or tones or melodies or choruses. Or bars. Str- no, there's a lot. There's a lot of, of, of structure that goes into music. There is whether, you know, some people don't see it that way, but there definitely is. And that that does weigh down on me. That's but that's why I like singing. So when I, I took piano lessons when I was really little, my parents put us all on piano lessons and I was very much like that. That made sense for me. It was like, OK, these are the notes. These are where the notes are on the keyboard. I'm going to follow this sheet music and I'm going to play it. And, and I'm going to do it right. To it. Right. That's all there was to it. And I was, and I got pretty good at it, but I couldn't write my own song. I couldn't like, I couldn't listen to a note, tell you what it was. I, it was just all very like, this is what it ha- This is what it is on the paper. This is how I'm going to play it. And I can match what I'm supposed to, what's on the paper to how the song is supposed to sound by playing on the keys. And then, you know, I went from that and then I, and then you have my little sister who's like the creative of our family, like truly, truly talented, this girl. And she, she, when she took piano lessons, she, she wound up when she was, um, I forget how old she was. She was maybe like eight or nine or, or 10. And she wrote her own song for a talent show on the piano and memorized it and then played it. Just no sheet music, nothing, just made up a freaking song right? and it was so good. And I'm like, man, but you know, people have different, they have different ways their brains work. And, and she's just more of that type of, of person, like a hundred percent. She's a very good artist. She, she's just, she's extremely talented. But then me and my brother, on the other hand, we're more, we're more like this, you know, he took piano lessons too. He was more like me. And then I took, I did flute in a, in middle school in the band and um at camp keep going <laughs> not camp. no but i played the flute i actually was first chair by the end of i don't know humble brag humble brag <laughs> humble brag it was middle school band but we, we had a pretty good band all so county so i played the piccolo too and, and but then i, I jesus I, christ I did, dude. I did um piano and jazz band for middle school too my music teacher talked me into it Fucking ass. and um but then in high school i stopped because i didn't want to I didn't want to be in the band. I was one of those punks. I was just like, nah, don't want to. 
and I kind of wish I had stuck with it because I feel like I'd probably be at a at a more skilled level that I am now. But well, yeah, obviously, but whatever. It, the life experiences are going to help you regardless, right? Like, so if you're all about that passion and you're not about that um, particular format, the fact that you gave it up for whatever just allowed you to experience other things that you now get to draw on. So it's right. not negative, I, you know? But the thing is, so that that wasn't a passion for me then. And, and that's the interesting part. It wasn't a passion because that was just, yeah, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like how I'm talking about music now, but if not, not even close. I, it took years for me to kind of discover that that was true passion music in general and it was more so singing than anything and I didn't I never really sang back then I wasn't because again I'm not like there's there's people who can come up and and spit out a song and it's like holy shit like right you have the voice of a freaking angel I'm not one of those people I can sing pretty well but it's 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 not like that but I didn't discover singing really until honestly until i started doing like karaoke at the bar that i worked at <laughs> honestly and then and then i started to realize like oh i'm i'm not that bad and then the more i did it the better i got and then i realized that i really liked doing it in front of people and that was interesting too because yeah dude I was... connect that shit so how do you have this anxiety of judgment but you're all about center stage it's not so much anxiety of judgment really and that kind of came from bartending i i was a I was a really shy kid, really shy. And I didn't really come out of being shy until probably until I started bartending. I mean, in high school, I, I kind of started to. You started bartending I, in high school? No, Jesus no, no. Christ, saying, what a small town. No, yeah. I'm just kidding, God. No, in high school, I was I was super shy growing up, up until um, I started, literally started to kind of come out of my shell and open up a little bit more uh, in high school when I met one of my best friends now. Um, who's also my roommate, but she kind of helped me come out of that shock. She was just a naturally outgoing and like goofy person. We share like a very similar sense of humor. So we had a lot of fun and, and, you know, we wound up sharing a lot of friend groups eventually, but we were pretty wild and crazy in high school. But then, um, not until I started bartending that I really, that I really develop a lot of confidence because it kind of. I mean, when I started, you could ask my old boss. When I started, I started as a server. They didn't think I was even going to last because I, I could barely talk to people. Jeez, I was just so really? quiet. <laughs> and then and then fast forward uh, two years, I started, when I started, I started bartending a year after I started working there. And then, like, fast forward two more years, I'm, like, coming in. People know me as the girl with the flower because I always wore a flower in my hair. I'd be oh. talking to everybody at the bar, like, bringing everybody in, having a big conversation. I'd be singing on top of the bar, like literally get on top of the bar and sing uh, for karaoke. Or when the bands came, I sang with the bands too because we would have live music. So, dude, was... what like what, what flipped the switch? You just got like a wicked ass like um, hundred dollar tip one night. Like, how does I that? Think it's just um, I th I think it was just that it forced me to to talk to people, and then once I started to get comfortable with that. I was like, all right, I can do this. And the next thing you know, I mean, bartending, have you, you've bartended, right? Have you bartended or just served? Oh, no, I've done everything. Okay. So, everything. And I've done like, it I mean, exceptionally well. I was actually the greatest <laughs> bartender that's ever bartendered of great bartenders. So I've been told by myself, but keep going. <laughs> so when you're bartending, you're in, you're in your own element. And a good bartender 
you can see that. So you're, yeah, you're fucking you running the show, it. man. Like, you on, are. and honestly, like, I'm not trying to be a dick or whatever, but you're in total. It, it's an odd ass feeling that you're in total social control of. You can Absolutely. like shut a fucker up. You can Absolutely. you can bring people in. You can add. You got to understand when to add the right kind of comment to like keep something going and you're like okay well i gotta involve this person more or this motherfucker is like getting ever all the attention no one wants to fucking hear him shut him the fuck up but don't piss him off and put the light on these people like it's true you're you're an entertainer depending on what bar you're working at but this was like a a hometown bar so absolutely it's like you're in you're in charge of everybody's experience basically whether it be about their drink and their food which yeah you want that to be quality and everything but then the whole experience while they're there that's all you so they tip because it all comes down to the fucking tip of the money yeah yeah how good was i giving you a good experience is based on what percentage you leave me right but that's i mean and that became like a dance like it was just so fun especially i made some of my best friends there so i was working with my best friends like and it was just it just like literally became a dance and it was challenging at times we got really busy we wound up uh, a theater opened up across the street it was there before but they they like redid it and they would get some big acts or even not so big acts but it would fill up our little our little pub and and you know we didn't have a huge staff it was just a small owned business but um man i remember some nights me and my friends uh would be working in the beer garden out back and we had like trying to think there's probably at least 20 tables out there and then also the bar and we had to run in and get our own salads it'd be just me and him full tables full bar dinner time rush taking orders for steaks and salads and all this other kind of crazy shit we had to make our own drinks and also take care of the bar and then run in anytime we needed a soup or a salad too right. we, would kill it. we would kill it and there was nothing like like we'd go three hours sometimes not even say a word to each other maybe just like going in you need anything yeah and behind you like, behind you but it was just like this dance, literally. Like it was like it was. It was like you get such a rush out of that. Dude, when it's... you are the 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 dealing with the weeds for people who have not like experienced the overwhelming juggling of maintaining positive vibes in a completely out of control situation in a restaurant. Like Absolutely. You, you just can't describe the kind of. It, it, it almost is like a godlike feeling. You're like, I'm fucking slaying all this weird. Absolutely. Give fucking triple seat me again, bitch. I don't even care. Well, that's the thing. We didn't have hosts. Yeah. And so it, you're just getting so, fucking slammed. Right. When I went to a corporate restaurant afterwards, I was like, what the hell is this? You want to give me three days? Like, shut the fuck Yeah, I know. Well, what is this stagger yeah, bullshit? Equity? Fuck that. <laughs> but no, yeah, there'd be. And, and yeah, you're right about the. Like, yeah, you, like, this, there's a special art in hiding that you're in the weeds too. That was almost my oh, favorite part of it dude. all, because I I was so good at that, and so was my so was my friend, my my two of my best friends that I worked with. We both we were really good at that, especially. And that was always the advice that I would give to the new bartenders that we would hire, is one of the biggest things: do not let them see you sweat, because yeah. the second they see you sweat, they 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 think they're getting bad service, even yeah. if they're not. But if they see you with your head up, you're smiling. Yeah. I'd, I'd be like, you're like, bitch, a steak is supposed to take 55 right. minutes. That's rare. Calm down. Do you not understand how to dine? <laughs> I would see five tables sit down at the same time, and I'd greet them all with this big-ass smile on my face. They didn't even know that they had to wait that long because yeah. by the time they're done talking to you, they're like, oh, wow, she's nice. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It's, it, it is – so, dude, that's actually such a good – I didn't even think about it, but it makes it – 
a little more understandable. And again, my perch from Southern Delaware, I'll, I'll fucking like pontificate like I know about acting, but like it makes sense that actors are waiters, not only for like the cash and for the flexible schedule and all that bullshit, but like every table you go to, you are putting on an act and you are performing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. so you got all kinds of fucking stage hours up in your uh, queue. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I never thought about that. It is kind of an act. I mean, not that it's inauthentic, but, um, you know, I'm not going to walk up to some random person on the street and be like, hey, how you doing? What's up? Oh, look at that. Oh, hey, iced tea's half filled. Can I run in and grab you another one? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, oh, you want three lemons? Sure, let me just go cut them up for you. Absolutely, love it. <laughs> oh, you're the Splenda drinker. My fault. I went sweet and low. Right. Silly me. But then at the same time, let us, and that place, again, it was a small-owned, privately-owned bar restaurant, so... It was not corporate by any means. So if anybody crossed you, I was professional 100% until, I mean, even when someone crossed me, I'd still be professional to an extent, but we could curse someone the hell out and call the police. And it's happened, it happened many times. Nice. And that was kind of, I mean, yeah, that job is. Curse them out over what? Like they took a table from you or what? No, not, not the, uh, not the people that I work with the customers if, if oh, a customer shit. Was, Shut uh, the fuck yeah. up. no absolutely i had a guy call me the c word one time i turned around again i was putting up with his with his shit for a while and, and i remember he that word came out of his mouth and because he was being a dick to begin with and it got to the point where i had to cut him off i think i was gonna say and, so bar guest right like you hear yeah. c word you think bar right away like no one's eating fucking right. dinner calling their waitresses but... no no he was at the bar yeah. and he yeah he called me that and i turned around and i my face went red. I almost blacked out. I don't, who knows what I even said to the guy, but I went off. Oh, you know what you said. You just don't want to be that person that said what it you said. It was years ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know what? In that situation, our boss would just, he took our side. It was like, all right, get the hell out. And honestly, I always, especially me and me and the friends that, I, that I've been mentioning, we were good with being professional, even in that sense to an extent. We wouldn't like... I mean, to the point where where guests that were that saw what happened, they'd be like, "You handled that really well." Oh, dude, <laughs> dude, like that might have probably been one of your best tip nights, percentage wise. I bet. I bet you so many motherfuckers oh, threw yeah. down an extra twenty just out of respect, being oh, like, "Yeah, airport, that's a bad bitch." A at the airport, especially because the airport, I can't, I can't curse someone else. You know, I'm, I'm past that job. I can't do that stuff anymore, which is fine. But at the airport, we'll get some people who are just straight up. And usually not, actually, surprisingly enough. The airport's a very pleasant place to work. People are usually, I mean, I don't know how it's going to be in the next coming year, but. Oh, dude, they're going to be so fucking grateful (laughs) to grab a beer from you without a face mask and just fucking chill with a real draft. God. But I've definitely had people come up. I remember one woman came up and she was just such a, oh, she was such a bitch. Just for no reason. Rachel. For the record, it was Rachel. (laughs) Fuck you, Rachel. You bitch. You know what was? I was changing the TV station for for a guest, and and I bet you she up, wanted it to be on Fox News the whole no, fucking time. No, she wanted time. to pay for she wanted to pay for like a water and like a to go sandwich or something, and she had it in her hand, and I didn't see her because my my back was turned her because I was changing the channel, and then she instead of being like you know excuse me or anything that like you know a, a polite human being would yeah, do, manners. she said she said can I pay for this or should I just take it? <laughs> go ahead, bitch. Let TSA get over. So I turned around and just big smile on my face and i was like sure i can ring you up for it and i was just so obnoxiously nice to her right. and at one point though she still was being a dick and i i finally was like you know you don't have to be rude 
I was like, I'm just honestly trying to help you because she was trying to figure out where she could get sparkling water nice. from. And I was trying to like tell her where she could go and she was like, oh, I don't have time. I'm like I'm like, I don't I don't know what to tell you, man. Like right. just because your time management has been poor in this scenario, I, I <gasps> this is what I have. Are you, you know? blaming the victim? <laughs> Are you victim blaming right now? Oh my god. My point is I got some extra tips that day because the, the people that Dude. were around saw how ridiculous she was being. Dude, and that's so and like that's what fuckers who go up to bars acting like dicks and then like bouncing don't realize is dude, if you're at like a ten how big's the bar? Ten seat, twenty seat? Ten seats. Ten, yeah. So dude, yeah. you're at a ten seat and if that bitch is at like eight all eight people want nothing more than to be fucking entertained by some douche coming up and fucking acting a fool. And oh, then yeah, as they, soon they as all... they leave, that's all you talk about and make fun of them Absolutely. for for the rest of the drinks, dude. Like, what the fuck is – like, how do you not know that going in? Jesus I Christ. Have, I've, had, I've had the entire bar clap after people walked away. Dude, Maybe right? not at the airport, but it's happened. <laughs> right? No doubt. Especially if you're, like, a younger girl that's handling your shit and it's a bunch of, like, middle-aged men drinking – they're all that in the on best. that. That is the best. Because I feel like they're they're so ready to jump in for you. They realize they they don't have to. No doubt, dude. They're all fucking in, and they're throwing <laughs> fives and tens down, and they're just cracking jokes. And you know what they're doing? They're hoping that fucker forgot a straw and has to come back, <laughs> <laughs> so that they can just get them. That is the beauty of it. God. <laughs> Man. So when you become a big time performer, are you gonna miss bartending? <laughs> I don't see myself ever becoming a big time performer. But no. I don't think I will miss bartending. I'm I'm pretty much uh pretty much over it now. <laughs> yeah, because of the yeah. time off, or you've been over it, and you're just like, no, I've, I've been over. It. It's just um, it's it's become kind of mundane for me. Uh, I think working at the airport has switched it up a little bit, um, and helped a little bit just because it's a different, it's a totally different type of environment. Without but the I, regulars, you're just slinging yeah. drinks and like making like. Well, that's the thing. I was I was totally over that, and not to not. It's not that I don't like regulars. I like regulars. I have a lot of friends like now that I've taken from working at that pub that I worked at for so long, uh, who were regulars. But the thing is, it kind of starts to get to you. Like, I mean, for one, like the pub, it was very dark. The pub, you know, not much light comes in there. And I've said I'm. I'm real big on natural light, and that's like that really affects my mood. So being in a dark, dingy uh, atmosphere is kind of not not my ideal setting, especially during the day. Because um, it makes you like double dingy, sarcastic. <laughs> I just think it just puts you in a sour mood, whether you like it or not. But sour um, or sassy? See, it's all in I'm how not, you present. Not so it. much sassy. I don't think that I'm that I'm really that sassy, but. Uh, no, but but then you know you get the regulars and the regulars are great, but then you when it comes down to it, it's like the reason that you have these regulars is because they're coming in to have that drink every day, and it's kind of oh, fucking yeah. sad. And it just really yeah. it's a downer, it, and that's why right. you know I've for a while now wanted to teach, and one of my main reasons for wanting to teach is to enlighten people and help them and push them forward, and and you know sitting there and giving people alcohol is like the complete opposite, and it's just kind of kind of drags you down a little yeah. bit dude that's so jesus i never um so because of my lackluster personality and sarcastic attitude i was never never able to acquire regulars i would just always turn people off <laughs> um i mean i was very sarcastic but, and lackluster as well but it brought people in so yeah <laughs> well different 
I, I won't get into why again <laughs> sassy for a female is attractive as shit but sarcastic for a guy is like oh he's a dick you know but whatever i'm not here to judge um but i guess i i've never actually you know what i take that back i had one regular at the bar i came to so i, I work at a resort i was working at a resort resort bar going through um college so like after january towards the end of january all the way through fuck man a resort, like, even, like, a, like a ski resort type i thing? wish a beach town so it's a <laughs> okay. it's a beach town but like no one comes to the fucking beach in like february march right like right. you might get weekend but if you got like tuesday night shift it like this place i was in you were lucky to have like 80 dollars in sales like if you had a hundred dollars in sales and walked out with 20 bucks and chicken tenders you had a good night right and that's where the regulars that's where the regulars like count really count yeah but there at the time there were no regulars because whatever the location but we had one and i didn't realize it at first but like she was a fucking hobo and i almost and like lord if she comes across this sandy i believe your name was sandy (laughs) like she used to be able to and like i was so grateful that sandy would come in at fucking like seven talking about she worked all day and like i would just keep that bitch's glass full and charge her like for one glass, right? And she always like took care of it. So it was like, oh my God, $5, here's like 40. Cause she fucking knew. And I was like, thank God for Sandy, right? Right. But then like towards the end, you saw Sandy get a little belligerent when other people came in and you didn't understand like why. And then you slowly realize as you get older, you're like, Sandy was a lonely ass fucking alcoholic. Jesus, dude. dude. And (laughs) I was part of the reason she fucking drank so much. Cause like, I'm letting her sit here and fucking feel like superior. Hundred percent. With and a that's goblet. Where it, that's where it starts to become like, for me, yeah, it becomes a dilemma because it's like, it's yeah, it's unethical. Nice to these people, absolutely, yeah. It's like if I really cared about these people, I wouldn't be sitting here telling them to stay longer, or trying to get them to drink more. You know, like yeah. it's not. Uh, it's just it's a weird it's a weird situation when you start to look at it differently. I mean, we used to have. We had a lot of regulars. It was a small town, like I said. And, um, man, some of them – we had this one guy uh, – shit, what was his name? Uh, you know, I won't say his name because he – I'd rather not. But he, Thomas. Um, <laughs> Thomas, when you listen, man, I appreciate you, bro. Call, no, me, if actually, you, call me if you need a ride. He died. He died. He got hit by a car. <laughs> but, oh, uh, shit. Yeah, because he was he was actually drunk when he got. But he was he was a hell of an alcoholic, and uh, he would come in and. But he he was like this older guy, and um, he would come in by himself, always by himself. He lived by himself. Um, I think, I think, I think he was he might have been widowed or he was just divorced. But I think he kind of had contact with his son, but he didn't have much of a. I mean, he was kind of a loner, and he would come in. And he would talk to you for hours, and right. and you know, like I, I, I pitied him, and I, I, like that sounds messed up, but he was a lonely dude, and he would come in, but it was fine when it was like dead, you know. It could be kind of annoying sometimes, like to be honest, because it's like, all right, I kind of want to do my side work and clean, but he's got you like, like right there, like trying to talk talk to you about who knows. I mean, he would go on on tangents but um he would tip us 200 300 dollars dude how the fuck is he getting that money he he lived by himself and he worked a lot and he was in a pretty high position at his job so dude it's like you're and like so do you feel at some point where you're like a fucking conversational prostitute 
where it's <laughs> that, like in that situation absolutely right because honestly if a, if so this would happen so if a, if another person would come into the bar and let's say the other person sits on the other end of the bar and i go to talk to them he would literally, he would start to, he would like be smiling when he said it, but he would start to get kind of pissed off that you weren't talking to him. Yeah. And it was almost as if like he was trying to be like, you know, give me this money. He would never say that, but it kind of would piss me off. And he would also get pretty damn creepy after a while, but. Or like, obsessive. Just, say some, just like, it just have some off color comments and stuff that just wasn't appreciated. But like, but, like did he call you know, Native Americans Indians? It was more sexual stuff. I mean, it was like just inappropriate and like a an old old man to a young girl type of way. But uh, <laughs> but we knew that tip was coming, and it was like, all right, well, how much of this do I put up? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, so but, that no <laughs> doubt. That's that. Talk about a mind fucked and like, like that can almost play into your mental health too. Because like, then if you're aware enough to go home, you're like, why am I putting up with this shit just for absolutely. fucking fifty extra like bucks? like i just sold myself out it just it right? makes, makes me feel kind of like i don't know like slutty dirty no, like no, I, like I, I was that's what came to mind but i feel like there's another word i don't know um i don't know yeah it just uh i didn't really like that but yeah he wound up um he was leaving a bar and walking well allegedly he was leaving a bar walking across the street to go get a dirty magazine or something from the dirty books <laughs> <laughs> and he got hit by a car craziness you can't make this up but uh poor howard like did the motherfucker so he spent all his money tipping he didn't know about Pornhub. like shit's free (laughs) howard the shit is free bro you just need a fucking internet connect like you could go to mcdonald's man and just sit in the parking lot and you'd be fine you know what maybe he wanted to talk to someone before he got it he was just i don't know get a recommendation right yeah but that's yeah when i think of regulars that's I mean, you could, I could have a Tuesday night and walk out with like three hundred and fifty dollars, and like two hundred to three hundred was from him. Yeah, that fucking dude, that cash <laughs> is addicting. Like, and that's why people fucking stay till it till they like realize, like, holy shit, I don't have a whatever retirement, or I have arthritis, and I can't fucking keep it up. Right. Um, but like, I guess I shouldn't have said I have arthritis and I can't keep it up after the dirty magazine comment. Maybe that's what made me <laughs> go that way. <laughs> is that? is that is that was that a freudian slip but like i can't keep this lifestyle of just fucking physically grinding and being this person up like i mean it, just... it, it makes you feel cheap that's what i was looking for it does make you feel cheap after a while yeah. like you're you yourself like it just makes you feel cheap because it's like you're it's just it's socially exhausting it's very socially exhausting and the older i get the more i'm kind of like i get home and i'm like it's like i look at myself in the mirror and it's like who are you, man? <laughs> like, oh, like wow. you just had small talk for, and, and it's gotten, it's gotten less. Like, again, working at the airport has helped a lot because it's, it's no more regulars. Everybody that I meet is like, they're pretty interesting because they're coming from all over the, the world, even it's international right. and, and domestic flights. So I can have more interesting conversations by far because they're not just sitting there telling me about their day. You know, not, I mean, that's fine and all, but yeah, yeah, they're going somewhere and they're coming from somewhere and you know, it's just, it's different. It's definitely different. And there's no regulars. I'm sitting there feeding, uh, fucking, you know, well, pints of whiskey to every single day. Right. It's people excited to go on a trip and they're getting a couple of drinks cause they're nervous or, you know, I mean, there's still some drunks that stumble in, but it's different. Yeah. I feel like airport drunks would be way more fun than city drunks. 
you would think, but it, it gets weird. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, hey, so I've heard about this Mile High Club. Can you show me where it's It's at? more like the, the tension in the air of anybody doing something wrong, that it's like a very uncomfortable situation if someone starts to get belligerent. For one, they're not allowed on the plane if they're too drunk. So oh. that's the thing. And then, you know, we, we work where I work. It's right at the end of the terminal. So we see all the gates that are kind of like in a U shape or like a horseshoe shape. So we have no walls. So we're just kind of like in the actual sitting area pretty much. Just okay. a bar that popped it right in there. Yeah. So they can actually see their gates when they start to line up. It's like right there. So the gate agents can also see us <laughs> and, and the gate agents managers can see us. And we don't work for the same people. I mean, this is, you know, it's an American Airlines terminal. So the American Airlines employees can all see us. I mean, we all work for the airport in the end, but, you know, but um, they, they're not a fan of if we overserve someone and put them on their plane, you know. So we've gotten some backlash for that sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, but that's just it's not backlash. It's fucking jealousy. They're upset that they're making like whatever, twelve dollars, fourteen dollars an hour. Right. There, and you're there is fucking... this, one, this one manager who's who works for them. That's just a he's just a miserable dude. Yeah. But uh, I remember he came over one time. This this girl was acting pretty, pretty strange. I think she was she was definitely on something, which that happens a lot, too, at the airport. I mean, people take pills, uh, you know, Xanax or whatever to right. ease their anxiety and then they, they drink. And it's hard for us to be able to tell before that shit kicks in next thing you know you gave them one drink and they're about to fall asleep <laughs> then what do you do it's just different it's a whole other the airport's a weird place man me and my me and my good friends that, that i work with at the airport we say it all the time it's, it's a weird place it's like its own little freaking world yeah but well and it's a great um tom hanks movie terminal oh i've never seen it oh jesus dude talk about gold tom hanks he's from um a war-torn – oh, wait. I'm not supposed to do this. Go off on Sages. Have I made that point enough by now? So I'll stop making that point. Um, the dude's from like a war-torn country that like literally goes into international – something happens like internationally where he's no longer allowed to fly into a new country or leave the country because his country is an enemy of the United States, I think. Something happens. So basically this motherfucker's like stuck in the terminal – and it's just all about him experiencing the regulars and non-regulars of a airport terminal. Oh, I would love to see Dude, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's free by now. And I think it's an older movie. But, you know, he falls in love with, like, a stewardess. He starts help hanging out with, like, the luggage guys. And this is all within a day. No, no, because then he gets a fucking job as a construction worker. Dude, it's like he's fucking stuck there for months. And he's super smart. But you know how, like, sometimes – and. This is another thing that pisses me off. Like, because you don't speak English well, people assume you're stupid if you're an immigrant. And it's like, no, the motherfucker speaks five languages and is a fucking engineer. Don't, yeah. like, b belittle him and think he, like, can't figure out how to sweep. Right. right? And that's, like, everyone fucking over – totally underestimates him. And it's, like, one of those great romantic comedies – Jesus, did I just say that out loud? Romantic comedies <laughs> that is, like, fucking funny. And it's not, like – cheesy romantic although it is cheesy romantic it's also still just fucking tom hanks slaying another fucking role i think i mean yeah tom hanks is legit Dude, but, he, uh, yeah he just any, anything he's in he's great um anything anything airport related i think i would definitely get a kick out of yeah now. man the terminal it's fucking it's, it's such a strange it's such a strange place man people walking around in 
with no shoes. It's just, it's so, it's, there's no rules. It's like, there's so many rules, but there's no rules. Yeah. What's the best therapy pet you've seen? Like, has someone come up with a peacock? Oh, no, no, I've only seen dogs. Oh, that's so disappointing. That's the, that's the only one I've seen. You know what? Then your airport's not that fucking cool. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I just hear stories like, you know, you see the clips about fucking peacocks or lizards or fucking pigeons. And you're like, like, why is a salamander your therapy pet? What the fuck is going on? Why, why do you have a ferret in your pocket? Stop. You don't need comfort that bad. I don't I don't get it. No, I've just, yeah, I've just seen dogs. Just dogs. Oh. Do you ever throw them little, like, little extra treats just to be a dick to try to get them like off of their therapy game? No, I'm I'm respectful around the therapy dogs. I do always want to pet them, and I, I always ask. So. Yeah, you're such an animal person. You would respect those rules. Well, you know, a lot of time and effort goes into training them, right? So, who am I to mess with that? It's not my place. I feel like that's a really nice citizen thing you said. Because as soon as the person starts, like, flipping out on a plane, and then the dog's, like, untrained, and then that manager comes back at you, and they're like... You know what, Kristen? We uh, broke down the film and we saw all the um, cherries you were throwing to the pup. And, and you're, you're the reason. You're the reason that she flipped out. Oh, that played out so funny in my mind. I guess it wasn't that great. I apologize. All right, man. Well, since you're so studious, I'm sure you prepared for this. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you know what's coming? I know what's coming. What's coming? Um, first for last. Oh, you fucked it up. So <laughs> I just posted Matt's. So Matt was the first guy that I tried it with. And then I did it with two other podcast people. And I posted theirs. And I feel like I nailed the intro with theirs. And the way you just said it is the way I fucking said it with Matt. And I'm a little <laughs> disappointed. But you're correct in the subject. So Kristen. Please, as we end the podcast, t tell us your best first for last. We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. <laughs> so I did some digging and I was trying to think of what would be most relevant Fucking to whatever studious. I would talk about. Oh my god! Wait, so all right, no, no, no. Did, <laughs> did did we get to your what you thought we would talk about talking points, or did it not go that way? Um, for the most part, yeah. Wow, so you manipulated me. Okay, keep going. Best first for last. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna go with the first time I I sung in front of a crowd. Nice. Uh, and I was like maybe four. Ooh. And that's that's a pretty early age to really remember much, but I do remember I was uh it was after a dance recital i want to say from from what i remember from being told about the story um something something along those lines and um i remember my parents told me they would get me ice cream if i sang um i, I want to I, I really don't remember what the event was but for whatever reason there was a crowd available for me to sing in front of and i remember it was nighttime and i went up there and i sang you are my sunshine oh dude that's because... a fucking talk about a crowd pleaser at four yeah, and are, that's um Are you in pigtails? Tell me you have pigtails and a fucking skirt or like 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 a um Dorothy type dress. No, I I probably wasn't a dress, but I probably had like a mullet. My mom, my mom <laughs> had a mullet on me for a while. <laughs> but uh, but that's the song that my 
parents always sang to me when I was little, when Aww. I couldn't fall asleep. So they they thought it was adorable whenever I would sing. Um, actually, my mom used to call me Thumper because my voice, she thought, reminded her of Thumper. So I guess maybe it had something to do with that. But anyway, I uh, yeah, so I sang that. And I do remember, and you know, with those old memories, it's, it's kind of hard to, to think, is this something that I'm recalling because someone told me or because right. I actually remember it? Yeah, yeah. But I do remember being up there, and I remember uh, as I was singing it, this older man <laughs> in the front row started singing it along when I paused, <laughs> and I remember being kind of annoyed about that, <laughs> like, like I know the words, but... <laughs> oh, motherfucker, you ain't taking my shine. <laughs> right, I just remember, because I think I might have paused out of, like, nervousness or something, and I think he just was trying to, like, like egg me on or something or, or encourage me but uh, i do remember that but yes yeah, so i sang that and then we were able to get ice cream so Aww. um but yeah my mom and dad still talk about that dude so you know it wasn't like a low four years old you're not in kindergarten at that point right so like it's it was a, like four or five yeah i don't think i was in school yet right so like church talent show your parents are hoping to like get a reality show with you around it what's the you don't remember the premise they always tried to get me to sing honestly i'm i we had a like a camera growing up my mom bought like one of those big old uh video cameras that you put the vhs tape in oh yeah the fucking glory god those were glorious <laughs> oh my god me and my brother have tons of fun with that um but yeah no I, there's videos of me singing my heart will go on uh like in front of the piano all awkward wearing like oh. some some weird little dress but no yeah little little uh whitney houston what was the bodyguard song and I did you ever fucking just like that? That's the other one aside from my heart will go on, right? Or no? I mean, since Celine Dion is my heart will go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Whitney Houston but, from The Bodyguard was like the precursor that set Celine Dion up to be that person that just fucking like ah, for like the whatever fifteen second um stamina. You don't think? I never linked the two together, honestly, but, you know, oh, I don't know. You will forever now. I mean, that Amazing. bodyguard thing. Do you remember the Whitney Houston video on that? No. No, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh. Dude, they, they start off like – it's almost like the, the camera was in her tonsils, and they do like a slow drawback when she's just fucking getting it. And, uh, <laughs> and it is like iconically powerful to hear her fucking belt it, man. Like it's, it's an image that stays with you. So yeah, I always associate that with, um, inspiring Celine Dion. I like it. So did you go for it on the stage like that? Like, do you remember going for it at a moment or you I just mean, remember was, the uh, old man? It was, you were my sunshine. So I, I remember being really nervous. I was a quiet kid. So I remember being really nervous about it, but, uh, I, I really wanted that ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing, you know, the way you can manipulate a kid to do something just by a little treat. <laughs> oh, dude, they're well, they're like fucking dogs, man. They will. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, no, I, I just remember being kind of nervous and doing it. Everybody loved it, and that's all I really remember about it. Yeah, well, like, who's gonna be the dick that's like, you know, that four year old really doesn't have talent? Like, who's <laughs> who's that guy? Jesus, help him. Oh. <laughs> so I guess cute. I nailed it. Yeah. Um. I'm unfamiliar with the chorus. Can you sing it to me? No. <laughs> I really can't place it. I didn't understand Thumper. I'm not. Who is Thumper that had, what's the rhythm? You are my You're not sunshine. Not my only sunshine. 
that's exactly how it goes. Then what happens afterwards? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. What happens when skies are gray? Uh, you make me happy when skies are gray. Oh, dude, that was your chance. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I'm glad you're saving it for when you actually get to perform with your uh, new band. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you have to wait. Have you tried to funkify the song up? Have you thought about that? Like, do like a funky ass You Are My you Sunshine? Come, now that I think of it, I, I could. That'd be really cool. I right? actually would like to do that. Dude, that'd be like a neat little like um, like a folk folksy like bluesy way to do it. I, I could definitely. Dude, hundred percent. And you know, how, like sometimes bands when they're up there will have like a set or whatever, and then they just need a fucking minute and they start like twiddling to kill time or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. if you had three or four of those motherfuckers like that, you just busted out, twinkle twinkle little star, just fucking like a new rendition to that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a there's a place in Philly, Pine. It's called. They do a jazz a jazz night, I think, on Tuesdays, and they'll just like, I've gone up there. Actually, I was really drunk when I did it, but um, I went up there and sang one time, and that was totally different than what I'm used to. But those bands could probably do something super cool with that if you just went up there and you're like, all right, let's do you or my sunshine, because they have <laughs> such talented talented musicians, and they right. go up there. And then just, you know, everybody knows the tunes. You can do whatever the hell you want with it. Yeah, no doubt. That would be cool. Yeah. Definitely an idea. Well, yeah, you don't need to say thank you because you're welcome for the inspiration. <laughs> and when it hits, just like I won't ever pay you for the logo, um, you never have to pay me for that idea. All right. It's a deal. Like it. There it is. And that's recorded. So it's legally binding, man. <laughs> well, Kristen with a C, not with a K. I really appreciate all your time. Appreciate you coming on. Um Super good getting to know more of you. Is that the best way to put it? I think so, yeah. Cool. All right, man. Um, good luck with the music career and uh, have a great life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, man. <laughs> Bye. We've got an encore. Little Thumper is back and wanting to add a little more sunshine to her pod. Kristen, welcome back. And oh what God. were you hoping <laughs> to turn our intro. gray skies into? I was hoping for that intro. That's really all I needed. I felt, dude, I got to be honest with you. Like I take pride in the commercials, but when that came to me, I was like, just felt right. Like, not like, not exactly like OJ's hand sliding into the leather glove and him like faking it don't fit. Like that shit fit. It felt right. I mean, with all those childhood nicknames in there, my parents would be proud. Oh, I can't wait for the hashtags and to see what kind of fucking people like it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag little thumper. What fucking pervs are coming out oh, of the woodwork on that? <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Thanks. <laughs> no, so I don't know. I think when the pod actually posts because – we got two sick. Yeah, so we were fucking like 130 minutes in towards the end. You had spoken and you had said there were some things that you were hoping to get to, but um, me being an ignorant, insolent, incapable, shout out alliteration, podcast host, you didn't get to. Well, so, you know, I wasn't trying to place the blame on you, but uh, I feel like we just, we were chatting about a lot of stuff and uh, I just didn't hit the you know, I don't know, mainly what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And in full disclosure, again, you're, you've, you've admitted on the record to be an overthinker. 
but yes. at the same time, you're you're a very cheerful, optimistic person, and you didn't want to come you didn't want to come across as like Debbie Downer, like just negative type thing. Um, I didn't take it that way, but I didn't want you to feel that way either. So, what do you want to share, man? Well, so I kind of went the traditional way with uh, with my story, and I kind of um, the way I've kind of come up with it is to start pretty much from my childhood and then work my way to now. And I feel like, I feel like there's some interesting, there's some interesting shit in there. <laughs> I feel like at least, <laughs> but, um, I was being I, silent to try to make you feel awkward. <laughs> yeah, <thank you. laughs> That's appreciated. That's awesome. No doubt. Cause nothing <laughs> awkward, like being like, no, I want to say more. And then the person not <laughs> fucking acknowledging it. Um, no, dude. Yeah. So what? Um, well, okay. So I guess we could start when I was little. Um, and this is kind of, it's kind of cool how, uh, how we wound up doing this today. Cause, uh, yesterday I was talking about my family a lot and we were talking about the past really. And, uh, some funny, some funny stuff came up when we were talking about just like when we were kids and how we kind of viewed things. Okay. So, um, and it got me kind of thinking, and I was, I was just like, just out of the blue, kind of like making comments about different things that, that I found odd when I was little and that I like realized meant something completely different when I was older. Oh, I love when that shit happens. <laughs> you know, like when you just kind of, it like clicks and all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, okay. Like, it'll just be random. Like you'll be doing the dishes and you're just like, wait a minute. <laughs> At least that's how it happens with me. But I, I just, I was always like a really observant kid, like even even way back to when I was I mean that's never really left but um my, my brother even made a comment yesterday he said that a lot of times like he would just kind of look at me my brother is four years older than me so we, we're pretty close in age but he he said he would he remembers just like kind of looking at me when I was little like maybe four five maybe even three and I'd just be kind of like silent doing something and he'd be like man i wonder what she's thinking and <laughs> and and some kids they might not be thinking about much but i can tell you like i was thinking about a lot <laughs> i was always like my mind would wander and the the best part of it was that i wouldn't really tell people what i was thinking i, I would kind of just more like let the let the wheels turn in my head and come up with my own conclusions and then that was kind of fact afterwards which led to some pretty interesting um conclusions i think as a but. three four year old you sound like a fucking baby genius i'm just gonna be honest <laughs> <laughs> like it's some pinky in the brain shit about like what are we doing tonight i mean honestly, like, you're you, sitting there you and you're like trying to figure out how to take over the world i i was really observant i really was and like looking back i realized that that might have been a little unique because um I mean, I don't know, just talking to other people about their childhoods, everybody's got a different, a different story. Right. But I just, and especially looking at home videos, cause we have, my mom had a, a camera, like for the most part of my childhood. So we look back at these tapes and it's like, and I can, and it brings back the memory of what I was doing. Like, I remember there's like a video of me, um, in a house I grew up in, it's like out on, in, like by a farm field, we had a really big yard and I was walking around. <laughs> I was walking around in the yard and I had like two baseball bats and I was like walking with them like as if they were a cane and I was walking up to the dog and I was talking to the dog outside 
And I remember what I was doing was I was pretending I was an old man with two canes. And I God knows what I was saying to the dog, but it was just funny, like, looking back at that and remembering what was going on in my head. And then there will be other little things, like, um, just, just little questions I would ask after just kind of staring off into the distance for, for like, <laughs> for All like profound and shit. <laughs> and, yeah. And then out of nowhere, just be like, what's that? Like, or what's this? And just like, what, what was going on in your head? But it's funny to see how that turns into uh, a 30 year old woman, you know, like <laughs> overanalyzing what she said on a podcast. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> it all circles back. And I really, it's, it's really interesting. And I wonder, it's kind of like that nurture versus nature. I wonder if that's genetic or if it was just kind of instilled in me in some way, you know, who knows how, mm. but, but some of it's got to be, I had to have just been kind of born with it, you know, if it was from that early on. Um, so a lady I recorded a pod with, Jen Oliver, today, who's uh, fucking, like, all into the how people, um, not evolve, but develop. Right. She would say it's all environment. She would say that you were born with the yin and yang of perfect balance of he, she, which is that nurturing nature versus the aggression. And then whatever environment you are coming up in, um, Shit, man. She said so much better than I can. Basically places value when you act a certain way, which reinforces that action, which makes you feel I need to keep acting that way to get that affirmation. Hmm. I mean, I, I guess that could make sense. I I would say the environment I grew up in was very... Uh, Non-observant? Oh. <laughs> not, not, not observant, no. But, but my parents are both, they've, they've always kind of kind of encouraged us along rather than tried to push us along okay. so it's kind of like we we were able to kind of do our do our own thing however we wanted to do it it yeah. was discovery right exactly so yeah, yeah. so i feel like that led to us being a lot more creative because we kind of just had free reign of how we wanted to do things or think about stuff yeah so which would which would lead to you being able to calmly observe and have thoughts versus your parents being like whatever, if you're a sport parent being like 20 pushups, 30 swings, 50 throws, right. and like keeping you on that schedule where you're always feeling this, like what, whatever, like, like apprehension of like, am I doing this right? Is this good? Am I good? Am I enough? And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She, and, I, and I feel like too, I think some parents, and I'm not saying that this is like a bad way of parenting, but um, it's just different than how, how I experience it. But I, I feel like a lot of parents are very informational and they kind of like, as you go through life, we're like, this is this and that is that, even if you don't ask. Oh. And that's and that's great and that's fine, but that's not that my parents didn't teach me things, but I feel like they kind of let us lead the way a little bit more and kind of look to us based. to ask the questions rather than tell us. You know what I mean? Yeah, interest-based, like, for sure. Yeah. But I think that leads back to them being very creative people too, I mean, in their own way. My, my dad does um, like – construction now but he he used to do he grew up on a farm and he used to do i mean he used to draw he used to do a lot of woodwork he still does so he's creative in that way and then my mom loves to paint she loves abstract art stuff like that um she doesn't do it as much as she used to but they're both they're both very uh i think they both have creative minds so that's probably what led to how they kind of went about i guess raising us which is interesting but yeah, so. 
that was a nervous laugh interject (laughs) calm down thumper you're fine never never (laughs) yeah always overthinking um another thing i thought was uh interesting when i was and this actually these things that i'm bringing up i thought about when i was writing an essay for a college application that said like kind of the prompt was like what led you to to where you are today to want to pursue the want to pursue so i got to thinking about my interest in english which which um, you're fucking stellar at jesus (laughs) well i mean it goes back to it goes back like there are some roots there that i when i was again when i was like four or five years old my dad always tells me and i remember this i would uh he would read to me whenever i wanted to and he would tell me to pick out a couple books before bed i'd come back with 10 to 20 books (laughs) just expected him to just power through all of them and totally listening the entire time while he read just like really would let him read all those books wasn't like i was falling asleep like i was like all right all right we're reading now like come on right (laughs) And he would do, I remember he would do this thing with, um, I think one of the Dr. Seuss books, he would like change the name in the middle of the story to see if I was paying attention. I would get so mad. Sneaky. Like that's not his name. Cause I couldn't read yet, but I knew. Right. <laughs> but, but when I think about it, I mean like that interest in books and then also like the, the constant thinking and, and observation and everything that kind of, that was a big part of of leading me to to being interested in English and and everything that has to do with that really yeah well English is so fucking cool man because it's so you can take any story and just fucking twist it bend it and interpret so much about it and you almost get to like um just theorize on well this is my thought and i have evidence and then it's like no well this is my thought and i have evidence and you get to really like find profound or like solid arguments for thinking certain ways and if you have bullshit evidence you get exposed really quick as like man you don't even know how to fucking argue like that makes no sense that shit's not logical yeah, well, that's that's the thing. It all comes down to logic, kind of. That's kind of what I like about it. Is right. And and the interesting part about that is, you can take like let's say you're writing an analytical essay. Let's I could say. argue that. <laughs> let's say. <laughs> let's Cause, pretend. Because it is Thursday night, so that's <laughs> you what know, I was like, doing. Let's say when you were you were sipping your morning coffee and you decided to write an analytical essay about um, I don't know, the cat in the hat. I could argue that the cat in the hat was a sociopathic serial killer. And if I ha- if I could prove it oh, in a yeah. certain way right. using the story, yep. then the, you're like you said, who's going to tell me I'm wrong? You can't. I just did it. I just proved it. 100%. Dude, dude <laughs> There's I, just, it's, it's all about anybody's perspective on it. And I think that's like the, the most interesting part. And that might drive people crazy. Oh, dude. I, <laughs> dude, I, I, I used to get off is a little too vulgar because I didn't actually get off in college classes, but I would look to like, like I once convinced a person. So we were supposed to read Harry Potter and it's fucking whatever, like what? 600 pages. The first one, 400 pages. Like, Oh, they're, yeah, they're long books. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I'm not fucking reading that thing. You know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to write an argument saying it's against my religion to read Harry Potter. So I don't have to fucking read it. And I made that argument in a one-page essay, and I got out of reading the book, and I was like, holy shit, it's that easy? 
And that is that is the power of the subject of English, man. That's just one. That's just one little thing. Dude, that... I'm 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 with you, like hundred percent, because it what it does is it makes you have to read other stuff in order to have sound arguments and thoughts and philosophies and worldviews. Right. I mean, it's constantly evolving. You. It's it's like one of the the most underrated powers that we have are books and like and and just writing and i feel and speaking you know like the la language in general i could like i geek out on that i literally could go on for hours about just that like and and it's funny because when i was growing up people would tell me like oh my god you should be an english teacher like from when i was young and because like that's I, what the dog told you when you walked up he was like <laughs> professor Maybe when I was playing school, probably teaching the dog, you know, like, <laughs> but people always told me that. And the older I got, I never agreed. I was always like, no, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to be a bartender. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be a professional bartender. <laughs> like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to retire at a diner. Fuck you. Like I've, I've got my. <laughs> Call me Shirley, bitch. Finding my Brady bunch. <laughs> No shame. Oh wait, no Alice, shame. Alice, Alice, <laughs> with the butcher bringing the meat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I always told people no. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And it literally wasn't until um, I think my mid twenties that I made that decision that I did want to. And then from there, it just expanded so much that now, like, I could talk people about hours about my affinity for English. You know, like it's just uh, right. It's it's strange how how those things and it's like i can look back now and write an essay on like for college on how my entire life led me to that and it's just funny how um i don't know how how that can come up but are you hoping um to go like higher level english classes or are you hoping to do like the whole let's go elementary and make sure fucking brats love no, reading so that we can just all. get them into books or you really want to get like higher level men what are your fucking thoughts let's boil down your level. argument yeah i i like really want to my i want to do advanced placement or college level just because i want to help kids or adults be able to form a logical essay that's like my main my main goal i guess or my main uh i don't know focus drive English or writing composition, like that type of thing. That's that's what I'm into the most. Right. And I, I think that's that's just like how my personality works. I I like. I you know I, I was never like a, a person who kind of, um, like those people that are like, oh, I I'm really good at math and terrible at English, or oh, I'm really good at English and terrible at math. I was really good at both. <laughs> Humble so, brag. Shout right, out, like, humble brag. Like, but I was fucking I was honors, bitch. Four zero, come I at me. <laughs> I was in advanced math classes, and that always like algebra and everything. I I took them early on because I was able to test into it, and um, I did really well with it. But I also did really well with English. But that kind of goes back to what I said before. Like in the the last time we we spoke was like. I'm I'm very analytical and I like things to be a certain way. That's why right. I that's why I lean towards an essay or grammar because that yeah. stuff is like it's, it's a like rule. okay yeah there's rules yeah. but there's also not and that I like that part too but I think I could teach the analytical aspect of it much better than I could teach the crude like the 
very abstract creative side to it. Not that I don't appreciate it, but no. Well, the the beauty of a good essay, as far as like whatever, like scholastically, would be you understand the rules and you know how to bend them in a creative way while making sure the readers understand that you know this is a fucking thesis, bitch. This is a transitional bridge sentence to my next logical paragraph that's going to come back and and like doing those creative wording things without explicitly saying it is like next level essay writing type shit. Yeah, and the people that actually like are yeah. into it, they can really appreciate that. That's like yeah, that's the coolest part. Yeah. I mean- so, we're going to come up with a hashtag word porn. <laughs> and we'll see so you may know and i'll know if anyone else knows like just getting i'm trying as a podcast host self-reflective based on some advice that i've gotten from um comments and constructive criticism trying to take notes while i go with hashtags and like where shit falls as far as like time stamp placements right. um so yeah hashtag word porn i fucking like it <laughs> well yeah i mean but it's true, right? Like you can fucking geek out on that shit and you're like, oh my Absolutely. God, what a fucking transition sentence. Right. Yeah. No, I mean like word, stru- like sentence structure and all that. I, I'm like, I, I can look at a, a paragraph, as you very well know, <laughs> and, and be like, uh, nah, I don't, I don't like that at all. Like, I don't like how it looks. It's to a the bit eye. redundant. But on second thought, <laughs> you may have gotten to your topic a bit early and prematurely. Perhaps you would suggest. Yeah. I mean, it's and I can't help it. I really can't help it. That's just, I'm really into it. So right. when thing, and it's the same way with like a room. If, if a room doesn't look right to me, I'm like, nah, those pictures should be over there. This chair should be moved this way. It's, it's the feng shui of a paragraph. Like, dude, there it is. <laughs> They're really, I mean, that's but there I is a, that is like a real thing though. Like I mean, we're like I'm 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 fucking with you about it, but that is like a real thing. And people honestly like, as kids are learning to write and express thoughts, they need to fucking understand like there is a feng shui to it. There is a vibe and a feel and an energy along with the systematic mathematical aspect of putting shit in its proper place. Absolutely. And, and that's that, the and that art. Can, that's the that art. Can sway, that can sway what you're saying from one thing to a completely other thing. Oh, and that's 100 fucking percent. And, and that's just so, like, that's so valuable of a skill to have or of something to, to be able to observe. I mean, the one thing I say about English when people ask, why, why English? Why do you want to teach English? Because I speak the, it. <laughs> right. I'm like, because I don't know Chinese. No. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> funny how you went Chinese. Because, <laughs> it's because it, it's the one subject I can think of that literally anybody can benefit from no matter where they want to go in life or what they want to pursue every single person uh, dude because so it's the power of, of your voice Warren, you know? Warren Buffett has said this where the one thing he would double down on is the ability to write and if fucking yeah. Warren Buffett's saying that shit, I feel like motherfuckers should listen. I think that's the most powerful tool someone can have is is writing. Like besides maybe physical strength, depending on <laughs> the area you're in. <laughs> the most powerful tool <laughs> is either an essay or your ability to bench press four hundred and thirty pounds. Um, you tell me it. what's better for you to deadlift um, fifteen hundred pounds, Mountain. 
for you to write a 20-page synopsis of your feelings. It really feelings. depends on the scenario. It depends on the scenario. But, I mean... Is that how you say that? It's not scenario? Well, you can say it however you want to, Sean. Gotcha. How, does, <laughs> how is it spelt, Kristen? It's S-C-E-N-A-R-I-O. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not fucking hiring her after that, <laughs> there's something fucking wrong with you, principals and superintendents. Listen, I think I've told you before, I was in a spelling bee in second grade, and I lost to the word Delaware. No, Talk dude, you Delaware. didn't tell. If you did tell me, how did you fucking misspell <laughs> Del? Uh, I was eight where? years old. Did you I go W-H-E-R-E? I no, you know what? We did have this conversation because you said exactly that in response. Jesus, how about that? Maybe I'm talking to too many people. I apologize. <laughs> no, I spelled it D E L E. Delhi. Delaware. Delaware. Yeah, I was, but D E L E. It would be Delaware versus Delaware. That's not how I saw it in my head, and I knew every single spelling after that, and I would have won the damn spelling bee if it wasn't for for fucking Delaware. Shut that's, the fuck up, dude. Wait. So how how many kids were there left? Um, there's probably about 20 kids altogether. No, no, but when you got out, how many kids were left on stage? I, I don't really remember. It was probably like about eight. No, you do remember, and you know all their fucking names, and you can put them in alphabetical order. Come on now. I don't, I don't remember that, no. So, I do remember that. I knew all the other spellings, though. I was going to say, so then you get kicked off the stage, and you're just, what, like, ushered to the stands, and or you, like, sit down in your seat, and you're behind all the kids, and you're just fucking listening to them fuck words up, and you're like... Yeah. This bitch. Like, knew that one, knew that one. Yeah. Oh, dude, that had to be infuriating. <laughs> had to be infuriating. Yeah, that's why I've not forgotten. <laughs> what was the winning word? I can't remember. I just remember the one that, that made me lose. Oh. It was more impressionable on me. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely more personable. God. And how have you um psycho pathically vindictively gotten back at those people who beat you for that spelling bee what have you done to fuck their lives up um Nothing, going forward I, I don't you know i'm not that type of person not all of us not oh, all i'm of sorry us i should i'm sorry i should have <laughs> who did you pay to fuck their lives up since they beat you in that oh, i can't spelling? give you that information gotcha all right maybe yeah. off air because you know i need a guy <laughs> just to ask yeah so that that uh that messed with me for a while but Ever since then, I've been a hell of a speller. Hell of a speller. How would you spell hella? Well, that was hell of, so. Okay. Oh, but, wow. Two words. You know, I, don't, I don't commonly use slang. It's inappropriate. If a kid used slang, not, would you it's give just them? not proper. Would you give them? Would you give them voice scores in your essay, or would you deduct points if they said hella? I mean, it depends on the essay, I guess. If if they use it appropriately enough to where it kind of makes sense and it brings something out of what they're trying to say, then I'll allow uh, it. So through dialogue, gotcha. Right, right. Yeah, all about the character. Um, what's going to be your first day of school? Tell me about yourself essay prompt. Because I know you fucking have one, man. You got to yeah. have like this. It's going to be on the blackboard. I'm going to be wearing my glasses. I don't wear glasses. No, but you have to if you're an English teacher. <laughs> like, that's just part of it. Do you wear glasses? Yeah, every fucking day. Do you need them? Or you just wear them for the part? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it's funny. Um, so something, uh, just dealing with kids, um, and I can't remember if I shared it originally or not, man, because I've just been recording shit like crazy. But 
I'm a middle school reading specialist and I just fucking bounce around trying to help kids to understand reading the basics of reading and then like whatever expression with comprehension of can you I know you can read can you now prove that you can read which are two very distinct steps like some kids can read but they can't prove that they've read some kids can't read and that's why they can't prove they've read but what I found is a lot of kids um, I also coach basketball so a lot of kids um, have eyesight issues and a lot of shit really is like they can't see so I, one of my eyes is a little fucked up as far as like, it's like 25 over 20, but I'm like, I got eye benefits. I'm like, cool, give me glasses. So I purposefully as the basketball coach wear eyeglasses so that kids who see me, if they care about that position of basketball in middle school, will see a guy who's a coach, but also is a doctor and wears glasses. And hopefully will be like, put your fucking glasses on, like quit being stupid and just fucking learn, like see shit. So we know how to fucking help you, dude. And I don't curse as much at the kids, but that's the <laughs> message as um, much <laughs> as like, well, yeah. Cause I mean, you get a bitch in private. You're like, you're, you're keeping it real. Like you're, you know, fucking 14 year old boy. You're just like, dude, why the fuck are you okay with looking stupid on paper? You know, like what is your problem? Um, but no, so long story short, cause it's a getting to know you, not getting to know me pod. No, um, means. Yeah, I do wear glasses for that purpose because I found like other kids will notice that I wear glasses and they'll be like, oh, I know. And you're like, yeah, dude, I'm trying to see the board. Do you need glasses? Like, it's okay to wear glasses. So that's really cool. That's uh, and that's really solid. Actually. Yeah, it is. I know it's um, <laughs> that's that's very thoughtful. Kind of, I mean, it's little stuff like that that can make such a big difference honestly yeah and you're welcome for the um 10 years of experience insight because you don't <laughs> well no, no no like not saying it as a dick but saying it as like nobody told me that that was one of yeah. those things where seven years in and then i listened to like kids comments and you're like i should have just fucking had a pair of frames like and been rocking them so that when I'm like, whatever, I'm doing open gyms and I'm working out with kids and they see you as coach. And then all of a sudden they see you in a classroom and they're like, wait, you're an intellectual too and a coach. And it's like, yeah, man, that shit fucking matters, dude. Like well, you want to be able to think. And they're like, oh, and you know, they don't want to get their eyes checked or they want to lie or they feel like a loser if they got to wear glasses or whatever. So I'm like, man, fuck it, dude. Like I wear all sorts of glasses. And here's the other thing that I noticed since we're talking about me now. Um, <laughs> I'll always get extra glasses because the kids that don't have them, I'll take them off my face and give them to the kid. And they'll be like, oh, that's what's on the board. And then I'm like, yeah, just fucking keep the glasses, man. It's fine. <laughs> oh, wow. Dude, wow. I've done that's, that. A, that's something that I feel like you just could so easily overlook. Hundred, dude, hundred <laughs> percent. You're like, why are you fucking acting out? And it's like, well, nobody wants to fucking get called on and look like a dumbass because they can't fucking read a word. Not because they can't read, but again, because they can't see. And that's as a reading specialist, what I've noticed the most is like kids get pigeonholed as like, oh, they have a reading difficulty. Actually not. They fucking read fine. Maybe they have a public speaking issue or maybe right. they don't know how to communicate well, or maybe they don't know how to write a topic sentence, but they know what the fuck they read just because they right. can't express that knowledge doesn't mean they don't know how to read. So why don't we spend a little more time figuring out the root cause versus just fucking labeling them as like, oh, learning disabled, reading, stamp. And then- Right, the, like a number. Just yeah, well then the kid from fucking second grade feels like they're a dumbass where the test was based on something that honestly, like culturally, 
a kid doesn't know. So of course they get the questions wrong. Like, dude, I've, I've given t assessments to kids where tennis shoes were brought up. And then there was a question about that. And they were like, they got it wrong. And I'm like, do you realize tennis shoes mean sneakers? And they were like, you mean like, 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 like basketball shoes. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's what it means. And they go, Oh, well the fucking reason they started talking about it was cause of brrr. and you're like, so it was the fact that it was tennis shoes versus sneakers or even basketball shoes that fucked up your comprehension. So you don't have a reading issue. You have a cultural issue, right? You know, yeah. and a lot of that shit gets glanced over or overlooked, but anyway, so I don't know how long I went on that, but that's well, something that like really fucks me up as far as the educational system and people don't spend enough time to like advocate for kids and what the true issue is. Absolutely. And then the older they get, the the more embarrassing it is if you can't read something out loud in, in the classroom. Cause I, I remember even being in high school and people struggling with different things and you know, I wasn't sitting there making fun of them, but I'm sure. Yeah, you were. Stop. Been. Stop. No, I wasn't. I Stop. Wasn't. You're too clever to not rag on people. Well, I mean, and that, I mean, that could, I could, it, it's just, it's, once you reach high school, and I feel like that'll be a challenge to uh, to have to acknowledge and deal with as a teacher, because I remember my experience in high school. It's it's like it's so much about what you identify with or, oh, yeah. or what 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 you're trying to put off as your persona. Yep. That is just such a it's just so intense at that age. I remember I. It's the forefront. Like, yeah, I mean, I I so I I didn't. I wasn't like this huge popular kid in school. I had my close friends and stuff, but it's okay to I say golf. Constantly... <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't that cool. <laughs> oh, wow. I wasn't that cool. There it is. No, I kind of like, I kind of like just blended in and just kind of, I don't know, but I, I was constantly kind of uh, battling between, especially after a sophomore year, I started um, like partying a little more, I guess. And I was constantly battling between – I was in all the AP classes, right, or honors and AP classes, getting good grades. So it got to a point where when I was in those classes, yeah, those were my, my colleagues, like my friends, and, and like, you know, I, I talked to them and stuff. But they kind of saw me as an outsider because they, they looked at me as like kind of like a partier. And then when I would be with like the friends who partied and stuff and like whatever, they kind of saw me as like that, that nerdy kid who gets good grades and stuff. So it was kind of weird being looked at as not, not, not fitting in, but I guess, yeah, like not fitting in completely with the groups that I was in. And that was kind of confusing, I think as a kid at that age. And yeah. Cause it's like a natural conflict. Yeah. So I never really felt, but at the same time, I think I kind of liked it cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to just fit into one of those groups, but I think I battled with that um identity type crisis more in my 20s than i ever did in high school which is kind of strange too wait, wait wait battled with identity crisis in your 20s more so than your high school i think so yeah honestly really yeah. so yes, wait I wait wait i'm gonna stop you because it is getting a little late and you said you wanted to be perky cheery sunshine not gray clouds <laughs> So this would be the out to do you want to go down the road of battling with identity issues in your 20s? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not scared. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. I mean, we might as well make it a fucking four-hour pod. Let's go. <laughs> no, so I feel like, and it was kind of similar to that that good kid, bad kid. Not that I was a bad kid, but that, that toss-up in high school, it kind of, I feel like it kept going a little bit out, out of high school. So when I... Um, when I graduated, I moved out pretty early. I went to I went to college right out of high school, but I wound up um, having to withdraw from the college I was at. But I lived with um, I wound up moving in, kind of te- like for a short period of time with uh, the guy I was dating at that time. So I was living on my own at eighteen, which um, I feel like I feel like it. it too young. Me, too young. Yeah, right. Too it young. Gave me a, right. No, I, I agree because it gave me, a, I mean, I agree and I disagree. It gave me a sense of independence and I felt like, okay, I'm an, I'm an adult now. But my, my mental, my mind wasn't there yet. But since I was going through those motions, it's like I felt like I, felt like I was. I felt like I was there. So right. it kind of puts a little bit more pressure on you at that age because you're thinking, okay, it's time to do these adult things now. And you're not really ready for it, right? So it was kind of. That was interesting. I did wind up moving back in with my parents for a little bit after him and I split up, but I wound up moving out again, I think at 21, and then I haven't I haven't lived with them since. So, um, but in between that time of when I moved out at 21, so when I was like 18, 19, that was kind of like an in-between year after I wound up withdrawing from college. I didn't go to school for a couple years after that. So I was working a part-time job and uh i had a lot of free time and i didn't really have much responsibility you know i didn't have any bills to pay <laughs> so <Right. laughs> that was like those wonder years that you get like as a kid that uh-huh. i actually got to be a kid so i was, I was fucking out my kevin arnold wasted them at like eight through 14 like the best years <laughs> to have your wonder years are in your 20s <laughs> so right. why does that fuck with you man like how is that uh well, identity issue not not to rush you but like most people would see that as like dude you got your shit together you're fucking on your own you're you're making money like you get to have choice like go party go discover yourself you would think but so so for those years it was great that was fine i was i was good i was happy i was doing what like someone at that age would want to i like i remember uh a friend of mine asked me if i wanted to go to a music festival he asked me like two days before the festival or it might have been been the day before and i was like Hell yeah. It's like, it was like out somewhere in some rural area of Pennsylvania. And I lived in with my parents in New Jersey at the time. I was like, well, how am I getting there? He's like, oh, if you can meet me in Philly, I'll pick you up and I'll drive you out there. And then I'll drive you home afterwards. And it was like a three or four day thing. And I went and I did that. And like for four days and just camped in a tent just because he invited me just randomly. And like I, I brought my tambourine and I had a blast. Like and it just was like <laughs> I it was the my coolest thing. There was blast. a bunch of hippies. Like it was it wasn't like a well known festival. It was just this random festival. Um, and like this real mountainous area. It was so pretty. I did yoga for the first time at like sunset. I was I like felt like a different person afterwards. People were tripping acid all around me. I didn't do that, but. But it was just like yeah. Keep the background check right. Good job. No, I really did. I, I'm too, <laughs> I think too much to do acid. Trust me. But uh, oh my god, if you did acid, you'd fucking you would eat yourself. Like there I, would absolutely. you would you you would be the person that would asexually reproduce into another one of you, <laughs> and you would start budding, and there would just be all these like personified issues that start come not issues but like thoughts that just start and fucking then, yeah, coming off no, of fingers. That's, 
that God. is absolutely the reason I would never touch it. But yeah. good call. But yeah, yeah, so I, I had like I had a great time, and it was like those years were just so carefree, and I was just like this this wild child almost. Like I just did what I wanted. I went with the flow of things. So what's the fucking issue, cool. man? How is that? So then, you so then, you feel like you didn't deserve that, or you feel like no, no, that no, not a, no. It's just so after that when I, I started dating a guy that I was with for a really long time and um and I started bartending and whatever and I started kind of getting a little or I mean, whatever like there were other things other than bartending no just I started bartending okay. I, I was like full-time at that job so now I have a full-time job that that I was pretty serious about and took up a lot of my time I wound up becoming like a manager at that job too so that became a little bit more serious so a little bit more time and effort put into it thanks to the AP and honor courses keep going <laughs> I, I would say that it didn't hurt, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think just being in, in a serious relationship and everything, and it started to get more serious, we wound up getting engaged and everything. And it was kind of more, uh, okay, pinpoint focus. Where am I going with this? Let me get my life together. So, and, and he was, um, he was a very structured person and very like, um, trying to think how to put this without it sounding offensive like <laughs> he was very like white picket fence like follow the rules this type of lifestyle and I followed along with that with him and I didn't not enjoy it I, you know we just had this nice little this nice little life together with like that American dream life is what we were pretty much following and pursuing okay. and I kind of lost touch with that that wild side and after a while, I think it really started to affect me. And I didn't realize that that was what was affecting me. I became really unhappy. I dealt with, with depression. Oh. Anxiety got worse. And I kind of felt like I was out of touch with myself, but I didn't realize why. Because you were still wanting to like be free, party, discover, and my man's trying to like white picket fence it. I don't blame him. I like. Oh no, I'm not saying it for the, blame. I was just. Well, yeah, it's the path that we were going down that was kind of shutting that part out. It's like that that had no part in my new life, and I I don't. But I don't at that time. I don't think that I understood that. Looking back now, I do. So you I didn't get some. God. No, you go ahead. You're a guest. <laughs> well, I think at some times I might have thought like, man, I kind of missed those days, but it was not like this overwhelming thing that was like I need to do more of this and it's not like i don't mean partying and stuff like that i just mean there was a a side of me that i felt like i wasn't um acknowledging and like how i do now where i where if i i play guitar for a couple hours and i i'm starting a, like a duo band with a friend that kind of thing i wasn't pursuing any of that i was just focused more on okay i'm gonna go to the gym at this time and then i'm gonna go to work and then i'm gonna clean the house and then i'm gonna go to sleep and then we're then tomorrow you know, I have off, so I'm going to do some errands and then we're going to go to this kid's birthday party and then we're going to go home. We're going to watch that Netflix show we've been watching and then we're going to go to sleep. And it's like that was the structured life that I was kind of put myself into now that maybe isn't wasn't really what I was cut out for completely, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, at that time or still? Um, I think in general. Uh, still too. Yeah, no, I think still, because I think I just have a, and, and I think that's something that we all kind of have to, 
acknowledge in ourselves is that we're very dynamic. And I think, um, I don't know if it's society that kind of influences us to, to sway away from that and try to put ourselves into a mold or a standard or standards in general. Um, but that was some, that's just something that I think I struggled with for longer than I would have liked to. And I think it isn't until this past year that I really finally acknowledged that I am a multidimensional person. Like I may want to go to a festival in a random field for two days and like sleep on the dirt and play with a tambourine and listen to music. But then the next two days I might want to have a, you know, a really structured couple of days where I do that, that American dream stuff where it's just like, I sit down, I watch some Netflix and maybe I, I do some like college work or something or, or I don't know, but you know, it's just, yeah, it, with it your bifocals me... on while you're smoking a pipe and you're great essays <laughs> right. and you're fucking having some brandy right. just, and you got your <laughs> sports coat on and you're just fucking killing kids' dreams, telling them how fucking terrible their grammar and uh, voice is. <laughs> right, and the next day, exactly. And then the next day you're taking <laughs> E with them at fucking Firefly and you're just like, yeah, bitch! Absolutely. It's just, it's always been, hmm. am I this or am I that? Am I this or am I that? And I so think you that, don't feel like you can be both or you feel like you haven't found the balance in being both. I think it, it's been hard for me to, to find that balance because, and I think it goes back to me being very like, this is this way. That's this way. This it's all very that analytical methodical. mind. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you feel like you're tearing at yourself when you're, when you're experiencing this, like we'll just call it like schedule free life versus right. um well if i'm going to experience the schedule free life then i'm a schedule free person and then how come i want to be on a schedule exactly. and then like, when like i'm on a schedule it's like oh my god why do i want to not be on a schedule yep pretty much yeah it's it's an all or nothing thing it doesn't make sense to me as easily if it's if it's mixed yeah but at the same time you realize the great irony and you want the mix <laughs> or no that you, you haven't no, I... There's many ironic things that are that are uh, part of my personality. I feel like, like I, as organized and compulsive as I can be with how things should be, I have the messiest room. That, like, at, pretty much at all times, I hate to admit it. In my mind, I think like, no, 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 it's gonna get clean. But now it's always been messy, or or like the messiest car. And it's just like people. If I try to explain to people that I'm kind of OCD, they're like, what? Because they just saw like how unorganized some some parts of my life are so it's just it's funny that i haven't acknowledged it sooner i guess hmm. how dynamic it can be but so yeah in, in my 20s though i feel like that was the the biggest battle was was figuring out what i wanted to do or, or who i was and i think i relied on bartending to kind of be my escape with that because that was where it was kind of wild. It was kind of crazy. And it was like, oh, it was like a mini party each time I went to work. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the allure of bartending, right? Like you're, you're always invited to the party and Absolutely. it's not like you're yeah. always the life of the party, but you're always fucking essential to the party. Party yeah, ain't going on without you. you. Mm -hmm. They're excited to see you. It's like, yeah. 
Because they're always hoping that you just fucking like buy them around or throw them a fucking free shot. And then all of a sudden you're the greatest fucking person in the world. And Or just pay him any mind, give him attention, you know, like that's, that's all. Well, <laughs> nah. Well, so I think that's where it differs between guys and girls when you bartend. Like, well, may maybe I'm wrong about that because maybe there are some women that come to bars looking for like guys to be the bartender. And maybe I've never been oh, like the guy oh, yeah. bartender that women have been satisfied with just getting his <laughs> attention. Maybe I always had to like drunk them up to like make them like be happy but yeah you're essential to the good time um and so like when you're going netflix and white picket fences are you feeling non-essential is that part of the angst or are you feeling like your fomo fear of missing out i think it was more a fomo type feeling oh so i use so, fomo correct go for me yeah, boomer hashtag out. boomer that. killing it <laughs> that could be a hashtag there you go hashtag fomo <laughs> but um i mean ultimately it led in in my ending the relationship which was kind of a a very big deal so that was like a that was like a six or seven year relationship that um we were engaged the for 20s yeah uh we started dating when i was 20 we we split at 26 i was 26 so and he was 45 uh 62 no, he was only two years older than me. <laughs> still is. He's he is still oh, two years older. Was <laughs> he didn't he didn't figure that whole time travel shit out. <laughs> Not yet. Because at first I was thinking like you were dating Elon and I was like, Wow. Impressive. Right. No, but that so so yeah, I I kind of um I think that was the biggest thing that led to the breakup. It wasn't I mean, it just didn't feel like the right fit. And that was took me a while to accept that I think it took a couple of years of probably kind of feeling that in the back of my head not not that it wasn't the right fit but something was off right and then eventually I realized it would be best if if we weren't together and then I ended that and I wound up uh moving from our small town in South Jersey to the city like like kind of on a whim and and then that was just kind of hectic. And then it was like going back from New Jersey, working in New Jersey to living in the city. And then I wound up moving back to Jersey for a while and staying at the job because I kind of, I guess I kind of chickened out really. I went back to what was, what was safe and what was normal. And then if after another year of being um, in New Jersey, I wound up finally deciding I'm going to move to the city and I'm going to put myself in an uncomfortable situation to try to like be a fucking rock star bro <laughs> well to try to pursue what i actually would be happy pursuing i felt like i yeah. had to get myself out of my comfort zone because if i stayed there i would have just kept doing what i was doing and that's not what i wanted um so since you're leading the podcast do you want to get <laughs> into the ending of the relationship or pursuing or you feel vindicated in being more sunshine than gray skies and uh, <laughs> you're good. Um, well, I know. So I'm not going to get into the breakup, <laughs> but um, I guess I, I could get into to So it's kind of funny too. Cause I said um, how it's always kind of been like, am I this or am I that? So I've lived in Philly now for um, I think two and a half years. And it wasn't until maybe 
maybe this past couple months because I've had so much time to think and reflect, but um, that I really considered myself uh, like a city person because the like the whole time I was always like, nah, like I'm a transplant, like I'm I'm a Jersey person. I'm just trying to survive in the city and get used to it. But how long does it take to get used to it, right? Like it yeah. took me that long to realize that oh, I've actually been doing city things. I've actually been living in the city. I've been a city person this whole time, but the whole time for the most part, I was thinking I wasn't until you kind of go back to where you used to live and you're like, Oh wait, this doesn't fit anymore either. Oh, so then it's like, wait, it's like, so you go back home. What makes you feel like you don't fit? Um, it, Oh, am I getting better at asking in-depth <laughs> questions at opportune times? Please answer. I guess it's, um, <laughs> it's being, I, and I don't want this to sound offensive, Oh, no, do, because then maybe I'll get an extra <laughs> follower. <laughs> but when I go back, it just seems like um, I just don't fit in with the lifestyle anymore, especially if I go back to the old bar that I worked at, which I do often because I have a lot of friends that go there and I have friends who still work there. So, But what's the lifestyle that like you get over? It's that and... small town lifestyle, I think. Okay. It, is there Not a way? That... Well, no, because I'm just trying to in my head, like understand small town lifestyle means people are just telling tales on each other. Everybody fucking knows each other. There's no like new meat vibe kind of a thing. And you're just it is, like, everybody knows each other. They're all kind of doing, um, I mean, they're content with, with, with what they're doing and that's fine. It's some, it's, that's for some people. It, it isn't for some, but it's just, yeah, I think it's just the, everybody knows each other. There's a lot of gossip. Um, it just kind of, it just kind of gets old in, in my opinion. And I eventually want to settle down in, in like a suburban area, but I think for, for what would benefit me most right now, that's not it, right. which is what I like about the city is that it's constantly moving and it's like, people are, people are doing shit. Like they're, they're aspiring to things. Not that people aren't doing that in small towns, but I know people in small towns aren't here. doing shit. I'm gonna no, say that's it. Not true. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. I, was just... <laughs> I was trying to have your back, but never fucking no. mind. Yo, small town, go at her. I love you, small town. I'm a fucking small town boy. I'm I'm a small town girl, you know. Like I I grew up in a living small town. My, in my a lonely class, world. 120 kids are in my graduating class, so it wasn't. That is you small know, fucking We all town. knew each other, but. Trying to think of what I was even trying to get with at that. Yeah, no, I just that, that was me being. It's late night. I already did a two hour. I'm just fucking loopy at this point, being a being an assertive ass, and I apologize. No, well, basically what you were saying, man, is like you tried to go home, and I was asking about what is it that's unappealing currently about a small town lifestyle, and I think it's fine for a small town lifestyle to be unappealing to someone with ambition because. Ambition means I need a market. And if the small town is not the market to match my ambition, it's not the small town's fault. It's just a fucking geography issue, right? Right. Like I, I that's for, that's not like judgmental. That's just fucking like reality. I think for me personally, but but I could I could absolutely thrive in in a small town. I could, especially with being a teacher, I could I could find a good um, school district that I like and I could try and get a job there. That wasn't out of the picture. I think my main reason for liking living in the city is that it that it's completely out of my comfort zone. So it forces me to 
to do things that I probably wouldn't do if I were more comfortable. Like really. karaoke bartend and join a two tones group where you're going to start performing for people. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> you know, it took me away from my friends and made me have to be a little bit more independent, which was something that I definitely needed and kind of like lead my own life rather than try to lean on other people to, to help me. I mm. think that's been a big thing. Lead your but, own life. People were leading you to a life. Not leading me, but I think I rely a lot on relationships and like with with boyfriends or fiance, whatever, or even right. just friends. I think I relied a lot on my friends and I still have good friends who are they're all there for me, but I think my outlook on it has changed a lot. As far so. as like self confidence to try things or as far as like decision making for careers or something I'm not bringing up in this multiple choice verbal quiz. <laughs> I think as far as um as far as taking my own lead and 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 the, yeah, I guess self-confidence. Oh. Feeling confident that I could do it myself and Being that I don't a fucking alpha. Good for you. And that that all goes down to just this past year, honestly. This past year has been like probably the most profound year I've had in my entire life. And whoa, pro most profound year of your entire life. Wait, yeah, how do absolutely. you spell profound? Is it P R O? P R E. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> o U N D. Profound year. Yeah. And what insights did you gain in your most profound year? Um. Well, for one, I was single all year, which may not seem like a big deal, but uh, I uh, think it's Beyonce deep. would disagree. She's all about that <laughs> shit at one point. At, and it's just, I feel like the age I'm at, it's been, um, I've matured enough to be able to look at things a lot differently. So I've done a lot of self-reflecting and um, I, I've i faced some of my biggest fears, which uh, would also go down to back to childhood. So I remember um, when I was young, I remember thinking, again, overthinking, and I was talking to my brother about this. He thought it was pretty funny too, because... I was probably um, maybe 10 or 11 and like just probably laying in bed thinking about what my biggest fear is because, you know, that's what normal kids do. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm talking like not just like I'm scared of spiders. I'm think I was like, what is my greatest fear? Like, Zombie what, apocalypse, what tsunamis. Could, what can really bring me down? No, so you know what it is? It was, it was um, the day that – No, the day that my uh, – people that I look up to would have to look to me for support. Holy shit. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> how old and are that, you? Wait, how fucking old are you in your little bunk? Yeah, you're in a fucking onesie with a stuffed animal under your arm. What was your stuffed animal? What was the stuffed animal you snuggled with? Um, Just fucking say its name. I, no. I didn't have a specific one. That's bullshit. You had a fucking giraffe somewhere that you, you just cuddled with for comfort. Don't fucking lie on like Mr. Snugglebus. I don't think I did. We always had a family cat. It's probably the cat. <laughs> no. Jesus Christ, dude. You're in a fucking onesie pigtails and braces and you're worried <laughs> about the people who are you look up to now needing you. You're feeling that pressure? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. That was – and then what from the – fuck man from then on I, it was always my biggest fear and then when does that start to happen when you start to reach a certain age right so here we are and uh 
this past year, actually, um, my, my grandma was really sick and I was taking care of her, helping take care of her. Um, a lot of my family was helping, but shout out family. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah. By the way, ain't nobody um, listening at this point. We're fucking like 12 hours in. 12 hours. <laughs> Not even an hour in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, that, I think the task of doing that, I realized afterwards, I was like, oh, wow, this, this is like the epitome of one of my biggest fears. And I saw that I was able to do it and it, oh. it didn't destroy me. I mean, there it is since she has passed and I still struggle with that to, to this day, obviously it's very upsetting, but to see that I was able to, um, I guess, take that on and it didn't completely destroy me and that I wasn't like a mess of a person because of it. But I think it kind of like made me a little bit stronger to realize what I was capable of for, for, to help others and to also like that I could support myself during that time. Have you ever gone so. like hypnotherapist, psychologist, meditative <laughs> and thought like really deep dived into why as a young kid that's a fear of yours no i i don't know why you know like that just i i like i think i just i was such a thinker like i was just always like you just fucking realized like this is how age works yeah i remember one day um around that age too i think um i was thinking about religion and i was thinking about how when you died from what i was told you went to heaven and then uh then you just live forever and i remember it ruined my week thinking about how i would be infinitely alive and was like oh my god what? how does that ruin <laughs> someone fucking week that they're like because yo i'm gonna be in heaven but, what boom shit infinitely being alive if you were in this in this state in infinitely and you just never it just it just never ceased to exist it's infinite i couldn't grasp it and it gave me such anxiety dude it's like, not oh like God, interview so with a vampire brad pitt tom cruise <laughs> where you're fucking having to slaughter people and deal with humans you're no, a fucking no, heaven but, it's but a fucking barbecue party it's like living in san diego for the rest of your life being alive for infinity that doesn't that doesn't strike you or like trigger you a little bit fuck no because time don't infinity. matter when you're fucking dead infinity though yes, you're not time just, don't like, matter you still exists and you just never stop well you know what maybe i'm just a weird kid maybe i still am weird <laughs> maybe you don't understand basic mathematics and science principles of being an angel with wings and a harp okay i mean that's one way of looking at it <laughs> true because i was meant to play music for our lord and savior i'll know about you apparently <laughs> it was all about like bar stools and tip jars absolutely that's that's been Wait, my whole life was that too judgy i apologize i was just <laughs> trying to, i was trying to be clever and Those oppositional in platforms. a humor humoristic <laughs> way i apologize wait so you told me 2020 was the most profound year of your life and now you're telling me about you and again the fucking onesies with pigtails and braces like how was 2020 the profound year because you had to take care because of your grandmother and you faced finally, the fear well 2019 really but 20 yeah, 2019. Um, that's when, that's when I've, uh, I think finally, brought those ideas back 
and dealt with them in full because I had less distraction. Again, I'm not leaning on anybody now. I'm I'm living uh, as a single person in my own place in a new city with all new things and and just looking at the future for completely for myself. So it's like, all right, what do I want to do now? What am I dealing with? How does how do these different things make me feel and why? Mm. So anywhere, anything from from working out. I mean, like I worked out a ton in my twenties. The guy that I dated was really big into going to the gym, bodybuilding, stuff like that. So it was a big part of my life. And then once I left that, it was like, okay, where does this fit for me personally? Because that's what he liked. So I kind of followed along with it. But how what do I how do I feel about it? And from that, I've I've learned. Okay, I like running. I like that. I do like to to um, work out, but I like to do it at my own pace. I don't like to. Right. I don't need the. I don't need the five days a week. It, it can be three days sometimes, as yeah. long as I, as long as I'm getting it in every now and then, to keep it up and be able to feel good. It doesn't have to be this set thing. Dude, so um, again, and I. F- think I mentioned her earlier, the Jen Oliver, um, not the Jen Oliver, but Jen Oliver, who I uh, recorded with earlier today. um, She literally like, and I haven't researched it, but she's like, man, I kind of set the market on this um, fit mom thing. And I know you're not a mom, but her, her mentality was there's two reasons to do things. One, you're feeling this social pressure to do it which right. actually completely fucks you up or number two, you do it for you, which makes it enjoyable. Absolutely. And her whole thing is like, can you just fucking do it for you instead of doing it for the social pressure, whatever you do, if it's for you and it feel it helps you to feel content, that's the right reason. But the more 100%. shit you do for others, for like she, I, I, I want to say she would call it negative reasons, although, again, she's fucking way smarter than me. Um, Like, it, it was like, it just fucks you up, man. And she went into the whole, like, physical energy level of what it does for your heart and, like, how it, like, affects your blood. And I was like, Jesus, I never thought about that. But that's so, so true. Like, if you go to a gym, you might go to a gym because you're like, dude, I just feel better working out versus... I want to be the dude with abs so that everyone looks exactly. at me. And that's, that's, that's a huge thing. And yeah. so since I've been just focusing on myself for an entire year, I, I've like, I had to battle with that. I'm like, okay, where does this fit? So right. I like most females and males too, but most females we deal with a lot is body image issues. Oh yeah. And, and so I had to figure out, okay, am I doing this because I want to look a certain way for other people. Am I doing it because I want to look a certain way for me? And then finally, it, it like kind of dawned on me. I'm like, no, man, I want to do this because I want to be stronger. Or I want to be able to be physically adept. And I want to be able to like – Beat a bitch just... down in the MMA ring. Like well, fucking yeah, come at me. <laughs> for me, it's more about health. Right. It, that goes down to my diet. Like I started uh, eating vegetarian. Oh, I don't even want to get in your diet, dude. We don't have enough time. Jesus, <laughs> you and your to, fucking vegan shit. There, oh my god. There are, there are. It's not vegan, but there are moral reasons. <laughs> yes, but, but it mainly, it mainly comes down to for health because I'm just trying to be healthier. So this right. whole past year, it's been, it's been, I've been focused on mental health and physical health. So and they coincide. They absolutely do because oh, I was 100%. how does one work without the other? Right. So. 
So yeah. if I if I work out in a way where the reasoning behind it is not toxic, that's in the end going to benefit both my physical and mental health. So it's gotten down to the point where when I am going for a run, I'm not beating myself the, the like up because I didn't run the whole four miles. Yeah, or your pace was fucked up, right? Right, because because the whole reason behind it is not is is not like. This. It's not results driven. It's not like, oh my god, I have to hit like a thirty-two minute, and I'm awesome. And that's that's cool. Like I I do I do have goals that I like. Yeah, that I but but in the in the end, it's to do it for like just for my physical and mental health, just in general. Yeah, so um, that, and that just changes like that drops so much anxiety and so much pressure. Oh, dude, fucking so, and have you ever heard of inner size? No. Okay. So, well, then you just proved that Jen Oliver is the one that coined the term. So again, like her thing, and it's not her shtick, but her thing is like inner size where like everyone's focused on food and fat, basically, where like it's all about what you eat and it's all about working out and then looking a certain way. But like they really don't focus on the inner reasons and motivation for doing it which it's okay to eat well and it's okay to work out, but it's not for the result part. It's for the why part. And she went to this inner size thing. And I mean, like the way she was explaining it, man, I was like, dude, that's fucking like, that's really powerful to just help people understand. Like, man, you don't have to fucking be what you're comparing yourself to. You just have to enjoy experiencing what you're doing. Right. And, and then that's what and then it makes it like repeatable and then the results take care of themselves. And that's what all of basically everything I was I have just talked about comes down to is is being comfortable in everything that you want to pursue, that you want to enjoy, that you want to feel, that right. like how you want to look, how you want to feel. It all comes down to like think like think of it like this with with um working out and everything in mind. I mean, the most confident and beautiful people that people are drawn to are the healthiest in mental and physical health. I'd say mental over physical, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, but I think that that kind yeah, no, you're right. So, so anybody who's, who's confident and just happy with who they are, where they're at in life and what they're doing and just confident with the everyday, just, just being who they are and just being in the moment. Right. Those Those are the most beautiful, like looked up to people people are drawn to them. Right. And that's what we, that's what we ultimately want. We want people to like us and we want to like ourselves, but that seems to be like the more dominant thing is, Oh, I want people to like me. I want to be accepted. But those are the people that are accepted the most. The people don't give a shit about that because they're just happy doing what they're doing. So in the end, if I'm, if I'm comfortable with running every, every other day and eating generally healthy because that's what makes me feel good, but not because I'm trying to fit into a certain size pants. In right. the end, that's going to achieve the goal that I would want to achieve from fitting in those pants anyway, right? Because Yeah, the confidence, the self-love. Exactly, because that's, that's what people are working towards. So it's, it's about doing it in a healthy way or in a toxic way. So, I mean, in the end, it doesn't have to be like one thing or the other. It's like that stupid song... Um, that I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child. <laughs> uh, you know what's that? the I'm song? Meredith Brooks. It's called Bitch. 
I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm I feel like your heart's not in this. What's the song? <laughs> it's a stupid song, but it's it's kind of like that. It's like you can be all these different things, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be one set thing. And I th- I think just I think that's just a struggle to to discover for a lot of people. And that's what makes this your profound year. The fact that you feel like you've discovered this and you're just fucking living it, huh? That's it. And that's how going from being a depressed, extremely anxious person, I've had the most at peace year I've ever had in my life, honestly. There you fucking have it. There you have it. It's a beautiful thing. Well, do you still have anxiety over me posting this podcast? Well, you know what? Maybe your anxiety was that you weren't going to be the longest conversation. And when I merge these two, I think you're going to fucking be that person. Oh, see, I wasn't under the impression you were merging them. Now I feel bad. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. It's fucking like you're people are going to have to take like like motherfuckers are going to have to run like two marathons to get through this shit. Like you're going to have to drive through several states. It will be a month if you're just going to the grocery store and looking to like fucking catch up on this. No, I, See, I was under the impression it'd be like a part one, part two. I think that's no, no, I don't do part one, part two. You know, whatever. I'm, I'm not at that. I'm not at that point in my life. I got, I'm fucking, you are Kristen number 29, 28. Sean just went up today, Kristen. So for those who have made it this far, what brought Kristen's angst to the forefront is I take a picture and I say, Hey man, you're next. And she's like, ah! <laughs> so I'm like, dude, is there something else? Like, feel free to be you. I don't give a fuck. And, but so honestly, in a shameless plug again, like no one's going to fucking hear this shit like three hours plus <laughs> in, but like it, the whole point of the podcast is for people to present themselves in the way that they want to present themselves. Much like you're talking about like mental and physical health. Like I'm not trying to make you fit into a size fucking four. Right. Like be happy with how you're presenting yourself and you being honest and you being forthright and you being open is the best and most beautiful you. And that's with everyone. Whether it's two hours in or not. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or three plus. But like, so, yeah, that's what it will be, man. Um, Anything else? So, Kristen. Is there anything else that you need to make sure your sunshine shines? Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> no regrets. I'm, I'm like, the shit's getting edited tomorrow, man. It's fucking. No regrets. Regrets. Jesus, Snickers. God, I love Snickers. Clever fuckers <laughs> that they are. All right. Um. So if people get this far, are you going to write the coffee ad or is it going to be me? Who's going to write the coffee ad? 100%. You're writing that. Stop. You're such a better writer. Why don't you? Dude, you honestly should write the ad and have me read it. And not that anybody fucking comments on the ads or anything, but like just to see what it would be like um, to read someone else's ad. It would be interesting. I mean, I guess I could do that. Oh, you're definitely going to do that now that I brought it up. You've got 24 hours. Um, okay. Yeah, the one I posted today with Sean, um, I tried to do this like dual voice thing. Um, so when even if you just like listen to the ad, listen to the ad just to see what the fuck you think about it. Because um, I don't know, took a creative risk. I felt good about myself at the moment. That sounds interesting. A dual voice thing. You're playing on a garage band, aren't you? No, I'm playing more with my diaphragm. 
and just trying to <laughs> elevate my pitch. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, trying to be clever, like just fucking in the middle, like asking like, wait, why are we doing this? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Let me uh, like whatever the fuck it comes out sounding like. Oh, I'm sure it's a gem. It sounds like a gem. Sure, it's a gem. Thank you for your positive reinforcement. All right. So, Kristen, it was so great. And last time, for the record, you were all awkward as shit at the end. So I'll give you plenty of time. We are ending this podcast. Are you ready for your outro? Yes. Excellent. Kristen, it was so great getting to know more of you. This is the first encore segment, Little Thumper, and I so appreciate you being brave enough to come out here and uh, shine a little more sunshine for us. Yeah, of course. That's uh, that's what I'm here for. So, um, yeah, bye forever. <laughs> and I've Have a great life, man. <laughs> on the subject I like Big thanks to Kristen for overthinking the initial part of her first podcast, wanting to come back on, share some more, and make this the official longest pod that we've ever published. Also, thanks to today's sponsor, Coffee, for holding our hand and dragging us along the way, no matter the time of day. Please, for the love of God, if you've made it this far, friend, follow, forward, subscribe, rate, review, comment. Wait, wait, fuck, man, that... I'm sorry, that, that's way too fucking much. Um, if you could just do one, one of those, we'd really appreciate it. That's enough effort um, out of you. <laughs> Thanks, and later. <laughs>